I don't think we've met. Gonna send out some invites, play a tune or two, and then we can get into it when this room starts filling up. Bada bing, bada boom. I never say that, but you know, hey. Turn up Tuesday. Boy, do we got something coming out for y'all tomorrow. Turn up Tuesday. Dang, I like that. <clears throat> I like that name. I like that. I like that. Like Kirk Cousins says, I like that. You like that? Well, we got to go Drake if it's turn up Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? First person shooter. I'm with it. I am with it. First person shooter mode. We turning your son to a funeral. So them niggas just say they don't office. You better be talking about working in cubicles. Yeah, them boys had a lot, but I knew the code. A lot of niggas debating my numero. Not the three, not the two, I'm the UNO. Yeah. Numero UNO. Me and Jizzy, this shit like the Super Bowl. Man, this shit then it big as the... Is, it's just two guys playing shit that they did in the studio Niggas usually send their verses back to me And they be terrible just like a two-year-old I love a dinner with some fine women When they start debating about who the gold I'm like, go ahead, say it then Who the gold, who the gold, who the gold, who the gold Who you bitches really rooting for Like a kid that had bad from January to November Nigga, it's just you and Cole Niggas so thirsty to put me in beef. I set in my words and start looking too deep. I look at the tweets and start sucking my teeth. I'm letting it rock because I love the mystique. I still want to give me a song where I beat. Can't trust everything that you saw on IG. Just know if I diss you, I make sure you know that I hit you like I'm on your caller ID. I'm naming the album to fall off. It's pretty ironic because it ain't no follow from me. Still in this bitch getting bigger. They waiting on the kid to come drop like a father to be. Love when they argue the hardest MC. Is it Kate Dodd? Is it Aubrey or me? We the big three like we started a league. But right now, I feel like Muhammad Ali. <laughs> yeah, Muhammad Ali. The one that they call when they shit ain't connecting no more. Feel like I got a job in IT. Rhyming with me is the biggest mistake. The Spider-Man meme is me looking at Drake. It's like we recruited your homies to beat Demon Deacons. We got him a ten in the way. Hey, how the gang got away from the bars, man? This shit like a prisoner. What up, fine? Everybody steppers were fucking it. Everybody Turn up Tuesday. Send out the DMs, play one more song, then I want to hear what's up with you.
I'm about to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm about to click out on this shit. I'm about to click. Whoa. I'm about to click out on this shit. I'm about to click. Whoa. I'm down to click out on you hoes and make a crime scene. I click the trigger on a stick like a high beam. And I would barely wear a whip when I was 19. She called my number, leave her hanging. She got dry clean. She got an Android. Her messages is lime green. I search one name and right, let's see. I want to hear a little bit of this next one. Nadine, and then we're chopping it up. Why they make it sound like I'm Yeah, that man, he still with you, he can't leave you. Y'all go on vacation, I bet his auntie. Let me stop. You know what, fuck it, let me go. Girl. Girl, you make me want to cuff you like the law. Girl, you make me want to work you like the job. I know you a cat, but can your pussy do the dog? Let's go pound for pound, I'm a year. Chrome hard quality, I had to import it. Got in my feelings, I had to record it. I never met a bitch that was a fort. Don't pay for pussy, I tip for the service. Let's keep it frank, I just got dessert. I'm in the G-Way, get made back, just like some currency, baby. They had to convert it. I heard your bank account is on stuff. How can you keep it a buck if you ain't got no bucks? How can you keep it a hundred if you ain't got hundreds of rockets? You stacking them up. You niggas some pussy for real. You niggas some sissy for real. Virginia, I pull up and chill. You know you can't come where I stay. Before you get caught on a date, before you get put on a plate, before you get slid on the skates, before I get turned on like bass, I know that look on their face. Don't tell me you're scared of little Drake. Don't tell me you're scared of little Arby. My niggas. All right, never that. What up, Fondue? Well, what's up? At least I can hear you this time. I like, you brought me up the last one, and I was like, oh, he must have rugged because I can't hear anything now. Oh, man. How are you, brother? How are you? Good, man. It was a. Fucking hell of a weekend. Had a like emergency with my girl's family and like just chaos, you know what I mean? But uh everyone's better now. What's good? I said I hope everyone's all right. Yeah, they are. It was dude, it was it was close for a minute. I was like, what in the world is going on? But uh we're good now. So what about you, man? How was your weekend? Uh, it was also wild, but not for the same reasons. Um, my, uh, my buddy that I used to live with here, like we, we used to rent his, um, two bedroom apartment in his basement. Um, he, they'd like, you know, if Halloween doesn't work for them as far as a date to throw a party, then they just fucking, you know, they just throw it whenever. So they threw it this last, uh, this last weekend on Saturday and I got, a, I got a little turned. Oh, it's it's those people. <laughs> I know who those people are. Yeah, you know, I got a little turnt and uh you know, but it was it was fun. It was, it was a good time and it was a it was a gender swap party, so it was also hilarious. Um you know, I dressed up as Princess Peach and my girl was Mario and uh he so he was like a jazzer size babe. It was fucking hysterical he's a huge dude he's like six two you know six two two ten and and is in like straight up jazzer size attire and 
all dressed up as Hulk Hogan. And uh, there were some good, there was good costumes. It was, it was a fun time, but I definitely went a little too hard. I, I just forget that I'm old, <laughs> and like I can't be, I can't be going ham like I used to. Um, and then, what are you on? The, are you on the three day hangover train? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, I did some, I did some things that I don't do very often. Yeah, I understand. And uh, well, not anymore. I don't understand, but <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, there were some things and some stuff and. You know, is uh, <laughs> I, I, it, yeah. I just I ended up with a infection. But, oh, uh, uh, yeah, dude. This going around right now. Like my girl. Yeah, got I don't know if this. Her. I don't know if this one's going around per se. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Oh well, I may have to. I mean, do, it, might like, be, it, it might be going around. I don't know with what your I'm, location. I mean, I think you're very familiar with you know your location and and uh, and Colorado's a you know you. you certain recreational activities you know people come to town for them and uh you know yeah yeah exactly see exactly <laughs> i mean you know sometimes you never know but yeah, dude i have I'll a friend's giving on wednesday and i'm just like fuck i do not want to i do not want to like drink at all like i we got a busy week gotta keep moving going to the uga game old miss on on saturday you know that's gonna be what it is and it, but it's like all right i'm not gonna i'm not really gonna drink at, at this friend's giving then i found out there's all these people there that i don't know i'm like damn it damn it oh man just just I, the, the target is just the right amount to where i'm kind of numb to it you know what i'm saying <laughs> but uh i wake up fine you know what i mean you got to taper it's a very precise equation you can hit it but you gotta be very precise you know what i mean yeah, I mean, my equation usually, is like, as far as the drinking goes, if I if I take a magnesium pill and drink yep. water before bed, I'm usually okay. Um, but yeah, it's I'm also just at a point where I I just can't my my body can't handle that shit. Dude, I started um, taking also, magnesium too. That is like the freaking miracle pill. It, like it is, the it trick is, is the to world? drink tequila. When y'all drink, don't drink nothing but tequila because it's no. Well, I've been on a gym you a hangover the next Man, day. Man, you sound like my girl. <laughs> you sound like my girl. She's like, oh, just drink tequila. tequila I'm so like it works. Like it's it's my least favorite liquor, and I black out more often on tequila than I do anything. Oh else. my god. And yeah. So so I can't do tequila. I'm a, what, what do you drink? I'm a, I mean, I'm, I'm a beer drinker mostly, but I do, I, I do like whiskey cocktails a lot. Dude, but those sugar beers. Oh, they but no tequila, but whiskey though. Whiskey yeah. cocktail. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I mean, listen, it, there's something about, I like the flavor of whiskey. It warms me up in the winter. Um, tequila just makes my clothes fall off. <laughs> you know, it sounds like a good time. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Um, nah. And hey, Max, by the way, if I just dip out of here randomly, it's because I got a call with this producer. We're trying to finish this mix on Silhouette today before he goes to Minnesota. So just know if Minnesota. I Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, I got you. What, uh, what is it? Your next drop? Yeah. You do, yeah, you do music? What type of music do you do? Um, it's my music is hard to describe. Uh, if you go on sound, if you go on sound, you can listen to my first drop. Like, I don't know, right, Max? Like, what kind of music do I write? Like, somebody else tell me. Can you send me just send me the link and I will it's, check it out? It's glorious, it's glorious, darling. Fucking glow, it's rare, I don't think that describes, don't think that describes the type of music, though, Rack. Mm. <laughs> but I think not. Just wiggle, 
I wake up, I put fondue on, I smile. It's my alarm clock. I wake up, I smile. I mean, what's going on? Maxwell, GM, GM. I'm hey. sorry. What's up, Meta? How are you, hey, Meta Art? Hey, what's up? But like, I mean, I know this is your space. Hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love y'all energy in here. It's so dope. Queen, I don't know you. What, what's going on? I see. I know. So I was just, you know, roaming, space hopping. Don't worry. I come in peace. You know no, you let up immediately when we got we got <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I'm a vibe. I'll be chilling. I was looking for music spaces. Um, and I saw that I just typed in music, honestly. And I saw this one and a couple others. So I hopped in the others. So so um, just a laugh. Can I can I give you all a laugh or not? I mean Maxwell for mm-hmm. my homies, please. Yeah, Robo, I mean forty seven year old. I'm 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 a cripple. I'm an old man, right? But I'm making uh, uh, rap videos. Don't say that. Oh, it's about your spirit. Oh, dear, darling, I'm making rap videos. Well, we, we are making a rap video. Uh, fun. Have you seen this stuff or not? <laughs> yeah, so we normally, like, it's like we're a bunch of, like, music NFT bowls. Wait, mm-hmm. sorry. I didn't realize my mic was still on, too. I'm like, it, I got a message that said there's been unusual activity on my account, and it was trying to make me do, like, a... Uh, some kind of weird thing i i don't know fuck with that dude that's happened to me i literally have a thread coming out about about that tomorrow it, it's <laughs> gonna blow your mind but yeah we usually just get dude, into like music rug, am i rugging you're rugging am i rugging mate am i rugging Fondue too rugging. no you're not rugging metal art Wow, Maxwell, I'm surprised, but like, I I don't want to be like super annoying, but we know it kind of comes naturally because Maxwell knows and Fondue kind of knows too. Because I've I've had been in spaces a little bit with Fondue, but like, if it's okay with you, Maxwell, because I understand that it's your space. Since instead of just hearing Fondue talk about like the style of his music, is it okay if maybe we could hear one of Fondue's songs and right? That's so. so that's yeah, we can I hear Fondue. Uh, and you too, of course, because you're the what's host. What's up to to Jen real quick? Because she had her hand up, and then okay. we'll play a fondue song. Sorry. Oh wait, no. you guys can hear Max. All right, I can't hear him. I'm gonna drop down and come right back. Okay. Jen, what's going on? Are you there? I am here. Um, sorry, I I'm on a women's forum right now, so I'm just gonna sneak out. Um, hi, hi everyone. I want to jump in Hi. on the tequila thing because I'm so down with that. Yes, like a good tequila. Girl, a good one, right? That's what it's the about. The best. Like that oh. Casamigos. I think oh that's Oh my it. God, Casamigos. Yeah, that's oh, the goat for the like price. Boy, oh, it's so good. Yes, it's so good. <laughs> I promise you. Like, And then you just got to know your limits too, right? With any liquor, right? You just got to know exactly how many totally. is too much and how many is not enough. And then when you get to that point, you know, start drinking water, toting it down, make mixed drinks, you know, flushing well, it out, eat, wake up. The my problem day. is I no go hangover. a bit too far. And but no, that's it. Like before you know you what go my, to bed. You know what my problem is? If feel okay, like when I drink Casamigos, for example, I just had a bottle last week after months of like not drinking at all. Cause I go through my little intermission, like intermittent fasting kind of. And what happens is it feel like it's just already in me. Like it feel like we are one with the bottle. Like I don't is I don't like, you know, it just doesn't really do 
anything crazy. I just feel like it belongs with me. Like I'm one with the Casamigos. Awesome. Like and a soul tie. But and that's it. It's like electrolytes before going to bed <laughs> in a glass of water and, and you're good. Do you, do you ladies do you ladies follow do you ladies not follow the science? Sorry, you'll have to go on mute while I talk here. I'm in back talk. We've got shit sound here. There you go. Uh, do you ladies not follow science? So if you jump on your little like laptop, whatever you've got, I right? wait a minute, ladies. You'll see that sprite is the single best. Oh, someone's got a hot mic. Who's got a hot mic? Fuck. Cheers, dude. Thank you. <clears throat> that man down there, I can see the, the, the white, that I can't even, my eyes are fucked. Sprite? Go and look at the Chinese scientists and the experiment that they did, like over how, how long? Like Sprite has been confirmed clinically as the greatest hangover cure on earth. And you can go and Google that. I just, I can drink what I want. I drink two pints of fucking Sprite with ice and a bit lemon in before I go to bed. Wake up every day. I'm Gucci. Absolutely Gucci. Oh, I'm trying that. I don't, I, I, that sounds kind of wild. I got this new patch thing. This, this is, I've never experienced anything like this because it, it, it it's backed by science too. And basically. Wait, you got a patch for drinking? Yeah, hang on, hang on, hang on. Basically like it breaks down so you go from like acetate to like a seat of whatever high thing to one final stage. And that middle one is 20 times more toxic. That's where the hanger, hangover comes from. So it's got like three natural things that like clean your liver, liver and help break it down. I've never experienced anything like it. It's the good patch. Look it up. I swear by it. I swear by it. It's, it's incredible. And I'm also trying that Sprite trip. Uh, trick because I've never heard of that, but I'm always down. I also heard about onions on your feet. I heard that recently. <laughs> I, I have I not heard that. That's the new Sprite. one. I haven't heard the Guaranteed. No, no. Sprite is you can go on Google and you'll find out. You'll be like, oh, fucking hell, Robo's right, isn't he? Like Chinese scientists actually proved that Sprite Wait, is so the you're best. Saying, okay. You're saying before you go to bed, like two 20 ounce glasses with lemon in it? Oh, dude, you don't even have to put the lemon in. Trust me. I mean, the spike's good enough, but I just do for the taste. Like, and a bit of icy. I shovel Wait, that so how shit much do you there. drink of it? Like, the spray? Dude, I've come in. I've come in after, like, 14, 15 pints of beer at, like, 2 a.m. <laughs> for Wait, sure. I've had, to get up at six. I've had to get up at 6 for work. Yeah, I've had a little, like, sniff when I've woke up just to, the coffee to perk me up properly. But, like, I'm telling you, like, like, the fog, you know the fog? The fog ain't there, bro. The fog goes, man. Dude, no fucking way. I'm yeah. testing it. I mean, I, I'm going to test it too because I'm gagging thinking this about it. This is so like, basic. This is like basic information. Where have you guys been? You guys have oh, not made the AA meetings, I see. Because <laughs> this is like Sprite and Ginger Ale are the two that do it. Oh, yeah. Sprite oh, and she's ginger, awesome. ginger Ale. She's on, wait a minute. She's showing us the ginger because she likes a bit of rum. Oh, I can, I can <laughs> sniff your woman a mile out. I, I can sniff your woman a mile out. And you're like, ha ha. <laughs> yes, that's like really basic information, Sprite. Oh, I love, I love dark rum. You know, dark rum, like seven-year-old. like uh, Not dark rum, sorry, golden rum, but like seven-year-old. So it's pretty fucking dark, isn't it? But I love Havana Club, like seven-year-old. Holy fuck, give me some of that dirt, will you please? Rum is good. I love rum. All right, y'all want to hear fondue? <laughs> we talk about drinking oh, yes, twice a week. <laughs> Maxwell, 
I'll yeah, put some stuff in the nest. If you want to pivot, if you want to pivot, I put some stuff in the nest for a joke. But like, a, but we are really doing this. We have got funding today to do this uh, music NFT video. Uh, it's going to be hilarious. Like this, this track. Holy fuck, bro! We're yeah, going so we'll it. do that after. Shill it after. I'm going to get Fondue's track because I don't think Metal Arcs actually ever heard it, and I know some other people. Everyone else in here, maybe except Queen. Has not heard him and uh, really? Rocky Y two, but let me uh, let me pull up Fondue real quick because he's Wait, OG. What are you doing? No, what are you doing? I'm gonna I'm gonna play. Don't don't. Oh play. fuck yeah! You're oh, you're always yeah, too tired in the morning. I, no I, way. I've already no way. been up. I've already been up. Is the thing. So yeah, it's. Oh uh, thank God! I don't have to cue my computer. <laughs> no no we're we're good and I'm I'm at because I'm actually gonna play it, bro. I'm in full I'm full promo mode right now for this next. Fun? Are you doing? We're doing it. Funny, you're doing a cover or original? Can I ask no, you? Because if it's a cover. No, I'm gonna do original. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my song oh. drop here in like a week. Um, announced the drop officially yet but if i get the mix back today and it goes to mastering today like it's planned um then i'll announce it tonight when the official drop is going to happen and i'll announce when the free claim is coming for everybody who picked up brown eyes um and i'll announce I, i've got i've got something special planned for the golden egg this time too so there's lots of stuff. um so yeah um fuck yeah run it dude yeah, this song the song is about uh, it's like the the phenomena in a dream where you like you wake up and the dream felt so real that you're not sure if you actually woke up or if you're still in the dream. Uh, it's called Silhouette. Enjoy. Picture of the day we met in 
Let's fucking go. I like it more than Brown Eyes. That's fucking sick. <laughs> yeah, it, that's Lope's favorite song. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it's so good. Thank you, Queen. Appreciate you. You're welcome. Did you also do the production, the beat, the engineering? So, I mean, that's that's me playing live on guitar. There. Oh, I love that. Yes. Bring live music yeah. back. Um, oh and then God. I have a, uh, so my drop that's going to come here in about a week, uh, that the production is done by, uh, I mean, it's a group called Titan Entertainment, but it's a, it's a buddy of mine from Miami. And uh, he produced my first EP ever and then we like spent years like not working together while I wasn't working on music at all um and now he's kind of back he's been my my main producer for everything I've done uh and so um, man, I, don't, awesome. I don't know if I want to spill the beans on what on what the arrangement is <laughs> he did anyway he did some pieces on on this next drop that uh are going to go on the guitar and it's really that is good. awesome that is so dope i love that dude hell yeah that's, live that's... Mu- live music needs to like come back like i don't this era that we're in i don't like it i don't like it i sorry darling sorry darling i don't know what you're talking about we had like fun on an online show like nine months ago like online music like live online music is like Oh, really been on absolutely. Uh, the underground. Sorry, darling. Whoa, 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 whoa. I've done it. Have you been on Clubhouse? Like, that, 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 like, if you, like, if you didn't know that was live, this whole thing's about live. Twitter Space is about live. Like, where have you been? Because this scene no, is what I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying. Sorry, is, darling. No, 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 no. You know, you're way off the mark. You're way off the target. Your bombs are missing. She's Bro, saying something really different. Good. Hey, everyone, everyone, be nice. We feel like we're getting a little, little, little. Right, like what? I didn't mean that. Bro. I didn't mean that. No, it's fine. It's fine. So what I'm saying is, like, the current music scene, underground music is way more niche, and I love that. Like, I that's y'all heard me say I was looking for a music space, right? Like that's how I still I bumped into y'all, right? So of course, I, 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 I think I was more surprised. Sorry, I apologize, darling. I just yeah, think I was more no, surprised. You didn't know it. You didn't realize it was live. Like everybody yeah, I, in the room. But, but it's, it's like I have to ask. That's why I asked about. Yeah, it's a compliment, right? It's, it's a, a compliment. compliment because I don't know. Sometimes you hear people that are just makeshift studio that is literally like recording on their phone. Like you, you know what I'm saying? I don't. I don't know his music. I don't know his catalog. I don't know his discography. I'm just. A, a traveler, you know, you know, making it throughout my little journey. I bumped into you guys because I was looking for some music spaces, and now I'm here, and I like the song, and I appreciate the song, and the space. So you know, I, like I said, I come in peace. <laughs> no, fuck yeah, I'm glad you so pulled up. I'm just a vibe, man. I'm just a vibe. So, and I, I like it. And when I say bring back live music, what I'm referring to is like a mainstream music right now. It's really bad. This is what I'm talking about. Yes, underground and online. This is why I like these type of environments to meet these type of people, so that you wouldn't. I wouldn't have found you today, sir, if if I didn't know about. <laughs> make it make sense when you talk to me please but um yeah so um I, I enjoy it i would love to hear more of your music you could definitely send me your soundcloud link i have a bunch of you see i have a nikki avi right i'm a barb but i'm not delusional i'm not crazy you know i just like her she's a great rapper 
Okay. But um, there's a, a bunch of the of the barbs are into music as well. I know some that are really, really good. So you see now that I've bumped into you guys, now I bring more people to your spaces and you know, we network and connect and enjoy music and conversation. So oh, yeah, that's what it's about, Queen Fondue. That's that's on? what it's about. And oh, I hope yeah. y'all are having a great day. I hope you as well good today. It's a good day, right? Yeah, Queen. I was gonna say. I, so I just followed you back to. I was gonna say, hey, follow, awesome. Like follow me for sure because we do. I a did. Lot, I followed everybody. Of, we do lots of live music spaces. Oh, um, I love that. Most, most of the circle that I run with are like acoustic singers kind of thing. Um, I love that so, so much. Yeah, definitely. And I agree with you. I mean, it's like uh, I say it all. Even if even, you know, and Rocky has heard me say this a bunch, too, where it's like, even if you're a hip hop artist, find ways to perform your song live on spaces. And that's going to be the next wave because, you know, we can all. And that's why and that's why I make I I host spaces, too. Right. And we do the same thing. Like we do battles. We do verses. We do all of that. They make music, like everything, everything, everything. But I noticed with certain like demographics or environments, they they only scratch the surface sometime. And I'll be trying to get people to get more into like, like the people, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like not this fake world of like celebrity and like, you know, their music, the mainstream stuff. Like I appreciate the more underground the person next to you the person you could call the part you know what i'm saying stuff like that so that's dope that's dope yeah and i would say a lot of the people that fondue runs with i run with them too but i do a little more like full production stuff mm-hmm. uh like they're very like they do the un- underground singer songwriter but it's still like very commercial sounding in my opinion so definitely like pull up. I know they do a space on Wednesday night at like 830. Him and a girl named Mela B that gets like pretty lit. And they got a ton of artists in there that perform. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, I love that so much. I'm... Meta, what do you think of the song? Yeah, I know you, you like think? that. That was really good. Well, I obviously liked it. I mean, but I kind of knew I was going to like it before I even heard Fondue sing and play. I just didn't know how I was going to like it. Um, but also, yeah, it's a major compliment to you to be questioning whether it was live or not, just to, you know, support Queen's statement, because it's like, if it's so good that people are questioning it, it's the same thing if people are going, oh my God, was that AI or was that photography? Like, that's a compliment, you know? I mean, and it's just like, but he can actually say he was fucking doing it live. And obviously like, um, you know, I'm a fan of live stuff for so many reasons, but I have to respectfully disagree, you know, about, you know, the whole underground thing. While I, while I generally agree that, you know, music, you know, ever since like the nineties, I would say I've, you know, gravitated more towards things that are not necessarily mainstream, but not always because to my mind to discredit something because it is popular is just as arbitrary as to discredit something because it's not popular. So good is good. If, fondue you know was like you know selling like you know i don't know like to the level of adele i would say he's still just as good as he is right now like it it's like it's just like what kind of irritates me is sometimes people don't recognize something is a thing before it's a thing like 
sorry if I'm going off on tangents and you guys can interrupt me, but Rage Against the Machine, when they first started, uh, a friend of mine, who actually will go into him later, as, as long as it's relevant, because I don't want to be too annoying, he went to their first show when there was only 10 people before they became like a big thing. And it took them a long time to build momentum, but like, but then they did. So it's just like, if something is good, it's good, you know, and we can just recognize it. And fondue, like, obviously I want you to sell more just because I, I think we should all sell more if we're doing, <laughs> you know, if we're doing good work and, and sell as much as we want to personally sell, because not everybody necessarily wants to be like ridiculously mainstream, but whatever people want to do in terms of their goals financially, I'm all about supporting whatever it is that you want to do with your art. Let's fucking make it happen. You go, Fondue. Let's fucking go. Yeah, no, obviously, Metal Arc, you know, I agree with you on that one. Get, like, people can say this and that about commercial music, but at the end of the day, like, if they're writing shit that, like, everyone identifies with and can sing along to and is ear candy, there's ridiculous talent there. So, like you said, it's completely arbitrary and... um I totally agree. Speaking of Matt uh, Rock, I want to get to you in a second, but Matt Bell, what's up, brother? I I heard from you in a minute. Matt's super talented. He plays live on Spaces all the time too. He's got what I would call a hit on uh, that's been released. But how you doing, brother? Hey, hey Maxwell. Hey guys. Hey everyone. Um, I'm good. I'm good. Man. I just jumped into the space. So I was just trying to kind of get a grasp of of what your topic is. But uh, it's good to be here. It's nice to. Uh, <laughs> Nice to be able to make one of your spaces. Our topic is anything that you want yes. to talk about. Yes. And then if we get into something good, we run with it for an hour. Otherwise, it's kind of free-flowing, you know what I mean? You don't know what you're going to get that day. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I like I like doing that. Sometimes we'll do like very pointed topic, but then that will last 30 minutes. Then we just get off on tangents because everyone pulling up is ADD and hilarious and brilliant. But how was tour? How I know uh, that Matt just went on a, a brief little run with the revivalists. Is that right? It is. Yeah, it was great. It was, um, they were such a like cool band as in like, I mean, I supported quite a few people, like a varying like levels of kind of profile. And, um, they have a pretty big profile in the U.S., right? I mean, mainly in the yeah, U.S. They're huge in the U.S. But, but I hadn't heard of them before. But they were um, they were great, amazing band, great tunes, um, and they were just like I mean, out of everyone I've supported, they were the nicest, most welcoming uh, group of people. Super cool. Um, they even got me like after the second show. David came up complimenting about my set and. And was like, we should do a song together. Like the fans would love that, and it'll make them like give them a, a second chance to learn your name. And just like wow. really thinking about me as like a this like independent artist coming up, rather like so many artists, you know, like not to badmouth anyone that I've toured with. Like everyone's been great, but a lot of people like don't ha don't have that thought. You know, they're just like they're thinking about themselves and their set. But like for him to have that extra thought of like, how can we help you more? You know. Was so nice. Dude, that's badass. Yeah, like Meta was just talking about like how her friends saw Rage Against the Machine when there was 10 people there. I was uh when I was in college, they were just starting out and they uh like like young college, um 17, 18, they were just getting some momentum, but I was like going to shows in Athens when there was like maybe a hundred people and they just steadily grinded and built, you know what I mean? And uh really started to pop off i mean they were fairly decent size probably playing 2000 a night before this but uh they did a um part of a leg with rolling stones 
uh, when they were doing one of their tours recently. And I know that just took them to like a, a new level. And I, I didn't know that they uh, were kind of newer to Europe. Um, so that's dope that they're like breaking into that market. They got a huge outfit. So I'm sure it's not cheap to tour over there for them. Yeah, they got two drummers, sax player, a guy who plays lap, uh, like pedal steel guitar. Um, the whole set, who's just like the most amazing musician. Um, and yeah, I mean, they just sold two. They just sold out. And I think, yeah, it sold out and played two nights in a row at Red Rocks, which is like nearly 20,000 people in total. And then they were, um, while they were there, I think while we were in Amsterdam, they got their second, like number one at radio. So they were huge. And then, I mean, we were in like 600 cap venues. So, so much smaller than they used to playing. Um, but they were just great, man. They just went with it. Like nobody complained. Nobody was acting like a superstar. Like no one, like there was no ego among the band. Um, and maybe, maybe like having eight people who are like legitimately like members of the band kind of controls everyone's ego, you know, because everyone's keeping each other grounded. Um, but they were great. They were awesome. Um, and they, they were telling me stories of like, um, so they started in 2008. And they had their, like, they're all from around New Orleans. And they had their first, like, their breakthrough hit in 2016. So, like, eight years in. Oh, and wow. then, uh, yeah, and, and they've kind of blown up from there. But they've done, like, every story I had, because I was following them around in my car. So I was driving, like, 11-hour days sometimes, 13-hour oh, days. Just, like, very tired. And I would show up, and, and they'd be like, how long have you drove today, Martin? And I'd be like, 12 hours and they were like ah rookie numbers we did 41 hours once <laughs> they did 41 hours just switching i know crazy oh my god i've never heard of 41 that's freaking absurd <laughs> what a grind man <laughs> but dude huge shout i mean like obviously y'all deserve to like be doing a little leg with them and that's so cool to hear that story i'm not surprised either i i've briefly met them um like you said the most down-to-earth guys david shaw all of them so talented amazing songwriters um truly like what like you said they're from new orleans and it's just like this clusterfuck of like influence that like is like some ear candy and uh really incredible musicians that, that drummer is so tight i uh i just i adore their music man i saw them at the fox um few months ago um fox theater in atlanta however i don't remember the back end of the set because we we're having too much fun <laughs> but i've probably seen them like seven or eight times and um you know it's like every show gets you know better right as they just keep leveling up that's sick about the feature idea bro that's crazy that is so awesome hell yeah rock rocky i don't know have we met Rocky's Hi, Rocky. It's Grimey. How are you? Hey, what's up, y'all? Can y'all hear me? Can y'all hear me good? Yes. How okay, are you? Cool. I was I was having trouble with my um my phone last night and stuff, but I just fixed it. But um, I'm good. I'm tired. Um, just popped in here because I seen my guy Fondodily do, and I follow him everywhere. Um, just like he does me, uh, we just, you know, if you see him, you might see me. If you see me, you might see him. Um, Max, I don't think we have met. So nice to meet you. I shot you a follow. Um, yeah, I did too, Max. Follow me, Max. I'm about to go in a second. But I yeah, I, I followed y'all both back for sure. Anyone who pulls up, I, I always follow him back. Yeah, I just followed all y'all. Me um, too. 
Yeah, I'm just hanging out. Um, wanted to play y'all something at some point, whenever that's possible. And um, I'm hanging out. You the music girl? Oh yeah, yeah. What do yeah, you do? I, what type I of music do. do you do? So I'm mainly um like hip hop. I'm a rapper. Um, song oh, I love rapper. that. That's awesome. I do, uh, yes. I, I do R and B, but not really because I consider myself an R and B artist mainly because. I'm a songwriter and I like to show off the the songwriting skills. Right. So um, I'll sing from time to time just to show off the, you know, the pen. But I don't consider myself. Shout a out to the pen. Okay. I do it, you know, but but yeah, I'm mostly like I'm mostly known for being a rapper, but I do typically everything. Okay, that's awesome. You want to um, play a tune real quick? That's what I was gonna say. Could we hear something? Yeah, absolutely. I just um I just dropped my first music NFT about two weeks ago. Um, it it's uh, about almost fifty percent minted out right now, which is really dope. Um, I'm trying to follow mm-hmm. Fondoodle's blueprint here. He did a hundred editions, so I copied him and and did a hundred editions. Um. <laughs> So uh, the name of the song is called Don't Talk To Me. It features my guy uh, Turbo Made It on the intro. Some of y'all may know him. And it features Chantel Lane on the outro. If you uh, don't know her, you do know her, and you just don't realize that you know her. Um, oh, she, I know Chantel. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, you listen, you'll be yeah. surprised. There's a lot of people that don't. But they so know her hit when you hear it. For sure. Yeah. So, but yeah. I just like to, you know, to let them know to have some context. Like she's, uh, she's written for Rihanna. She's uh, worked with Akon, Bruno Mars, um, toured with Beyonce. Um, she wrote the song "Impossible," which is probably the most covered song there is, if not the most covered song there is. So, I just always got to put respect on Shiny Name, you know, because awesome. I could just play it. Nobody will have no idea, but. Here's a song. It's called Don't Talk To Me. It's mitten on Sound XYZ right now. Let's get it. Guy Rocky, he probably done passed out. You know what I'm saying? He's been dying for Chantel to hear the song. Then he's, I'm guessing his phone died. Um, you know what I'm saying? So I'm going to hear about that. Uh, hopefully it'll be sober Rocky. Because I damn sure don't want old drunk Rocky, you know, coming at me with his old crazy ass, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> What is he talking about? All that mumbling and shit. Don't talk to me. Usually I don't give a fuck. Now I don't give a fuck more. Been dealing with slut whores. Put me in an uproar. I'm back in this mind state. Like when I was 18. So disrespectful. Y'all people gonna hate me. I used to give a fuck. Now I give a fuck less, I'm coming for success I dealt with too much stress, I dealt with too much death Wish I could bring back Delhi, cancer could've killed me Niggas mad that I'm back healthy, thinking about my ex How I let her use me, get me all depressed Turn me to a new me, forget about who I am She almost made me lose me, the only thing good she ever gave me was that coochie Can't forget about that dope, but on another note I manifest my life, I'm never going back to broke I keep a clown NFT, I will never be a joke, I done quit 
quit smoking weed, but I'm still with all the smoke. And anything I wrote, a lyric that I spit, there's something you could quote. I always had this gift, and I don't mean to gloat. But we have to admit that, nigga, I'm a goat. Fuck you think this is, man, I'm done with all that hope. Forget about a wish, it's like the only thing I know is spitting bars and writing hits. It's like the only thing I know is how to give it to your chicken. If I don't know nothing else, I know that I'm already rich. I've been working on my mind, focus on my spirit. Chantel says she knows some real music when she hear it. I tell her that I'm grateful, and what would be the odds? I'm not even in the space, she comparing me to Nas. Man, that made my whole year back in 2022. Now it's 2023, and I'm making bigger moves. Now I'm getting more streams, now I'm getting more views. I've been drinking more water, I've been drinking less booze. Ooh. I mean, <laughs> I still take a shot every now and then, though. I got this, I got this Bud Light. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna take a sip of that. Don't talk to me. Nothing y'all gotta say at all. Shit speaks for itself. Like the world cannot, like, not, not on my watch. Nobody's on this. Yo, I swear, Rocky. Rocky, you gotta tell us the truth, man. Are you and Nas related, man? I was just like, who is this giving uh, like Nas a rent for their money to? I was like, oh god, like this talent is not like a different level. What the hell is going on? Like, I really do not have words right now. I can't. Y'all related for real. Like, it's a gene that y'all share. Like, it's something going on. It's something going on. Fuck yeah, dude. Was that like a voicemail at the end with Chantel? That's fire. I, I definitely see the like similarities. So it was actually um that song was created from Web3, which is why it's so dope and so special to me. And why I decided to put it on the blockchain, because everything that you listen to um, was from a year ago, literally a year ago at this time, this very same month. That's when I met um, Chantel and um, I came into a space that I was invited to by my guy Turbo. And, you know, he just told me like, hey, you know, um, come through. We got this music space, um, you know, and you could play your music. So, you know, at that at that time, I wasn't really like the big Web3 personality that I am now. I was kind of just like getting my feet wet in these Web3 streets. So, you know, I'm like, yeah, OK, I'll pull up anything the Turbo asked me to do. I was going to do it. So I popped in the space and immediately I see Chantel and the co-host. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, is that who I think it is? Because, like, I'm I'm actually, like, a fan. Like, I, like, listen to her, you know? Like, I didn't even know she was on Twitter, but, like, I listen to her. Like, I, I play T-shirt. I play Impossible. I play Stuck With Each Other. Like, it, it's in rotation. You know, like, it had been, like, over That is so years. dope. 
it had been like 10 years since those songs came out, but I still play them, you know? So when I, when I saw her in the co-host position, I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, it ain't no way. So I Googled her because her, her actual thing says Chantel Lane. I didn't know her, her last name. So I Googled Chantel Lane. I was like, yo, that's the same, that's the same fucking person. So I get the mic and immediately I start cursing Turbo out. Like, yo, Turbo, how the fuck do you know Chantel? Like, are you talking about uh, Turbo the producer? Yes, Turbo made it. Yeah, yeah. fuck yeah, bro. He's fucking yeah. elite. Yeah, so I'm like, yo, Turbo, how the fuck do you know Chantel? Like, you, like, how are you just going to invite me to a space knowing Chantel is here and you're not going to tell me that beforehand? Like, so basically, like, I, at this point, um, I'm hype as fuck. I start taking shots. I'm getting lit. I'm talking to Chantel. I'm like, yo... I got to let you hear this song, you know, like I, all I wanted her was for her to just hear my song because I never had somebody like of her caliber, like ever get to listen. And I always said, like, all I need is for my music to get to the right ears. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I feel like I'll be good. So uh, long story short, I ended up having one too many shots. Um, my phone ended up dying and I ended up falling asleep. So the clip that you hear in the beginning was actually literally um, the truth when Turbo said, my guy Rocky, I, he probably done passed out. Uh, you know, like he was legit. He didn't know what actually happened, but he saw I disappeared from the space. He's like, oh, he probably done passed out. You know, uh, I'm, I'm going to hear about that. Hopefully it'd be sober Rocky and not old drunk Rocky. You know what I'm saying? Like he he knew me that well. So he was like, yeah, he done fell asleep, but he still was going to play the song for Chantel. So after he said that he played it and then the stuff that you hear at the end the first part of it is um Chantel's response to hearing the song and she, I'm not even there you know what I'm saying like she's saying all these nice things about me I'm not even in a room to hear it so I wake up the next morning and I DM Turbo and I'm like yo did you play Chantel the song he's like yeah bro she compared you to Nas I'm like, what? Like, huh? So I go back, I listen to the recording and I hear everything that she said. And I said, oh my, I'm like, I'm so hype. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. So the following week I go and um, I see Chantel and Turbo and them again. So the other half of what you heard was when I got to talk to her directly. So that's why when she was like, yo, I swear, Rocky, are you and Nas related? And that was only the second time that I had interacted her with her. So um, those uh, those that clip at the end was a combination of the first two weeks when we met. And, you know, obviously, because this is, you know, it was a recorded space. There were people that were there that like witnessed the actual conversation and everything. So it's like it's cool because the song is literally like a timestamp. You can always listen to this song. And if you were there, if you were around at that time, you like can remember and go back to that moment. And on um, the people that don't know me, like, you know, that this is the first thing they, they hear. Like they can they can also see like where where this journey started, you know, as far as Web3 is concerned, because I've been around for a while. But this was literally the start of my Web3 journey. So. I felt like it was only right to uh, put this song on the blockchain and it's minting now. Dude, that's badass. I fucking love that story. I put it up top before you played it. 
I love that, man. It's all about like in web two, but also like, especially in web three music, man, storytelling is so important. And like, when you have a story behind it, you all, you need to share it like every time. And that is badass, man. That is freaking sweet. I love that. I love that. I love that it's like the recording and, and that you put it in there. You know how people like put voicemails like in their songs all the time. And I, and I love when people do that because it's a moment. You know what I mean? And so much storytelling is like a moment and people like want a moment. And uh, that's definitely one of those, man. That's that's badass. Appreciate it, man. And and now, you know, a year later, ironically enough, I'm actually on a song with Chantel that's streaming right now. It came out in September. It's called Emotions. So, uh, like, yeah, it's just crazy. Like, for everybody to see what happened, it's like, okay, so first this happened, and then this happened, and and there's some more things happening too that I can't talk about just yet. But, but just know, like, it's it's dope. So, anybody that that picks up the the actual mint, you know, it's like it's it's really. Um, it's really dope to me and it's um it definitely uh is going to be special down the line because this is literally the beginning so minting means that you are literally here at the very beginning and and holding on to something like that so i'm trying to make the utilities very special um the person who gets the golden egg is going to be able to mint well not mint they're going to be gifted um a future um, specific NFT that I'm going to drop. Um, I'm not going to announce that yet. I'm going to wait till, you know, obviously it mints out, but the person who gets that golden egg, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's going to be something dope. Dude. Fuck yeah, man. I love that. I love the intentionality too. I think people who are like being very intentional with their mints and like giving rewards and utility, like, are winning and that's what's really going to win in the long run. You know what I mean? Cause this is like the deepest connection you can get like with supporters, fans, collectors, friends. Um, and you know, it needs to be, re you know, rewarded. Absolutely. Definitely. I, I listen, I, I finally will tell you, man, I support everybody, everybody that supports me in any type of way. Like I'm hosting multiple spaces, giving people platforms and, and all types of stuff. So that's what I'm about. Hell yeah, man. Keep keep rocking. I, I got some guesses for what that is going to be. Maybe it is the Chantel version. You don't have to tell us, but uh, or the Chantel song. I don't know, but that's uh, where are you where are you from? Because isn't Turbo in Atlanta? I'm I'm in Atlanta. Oh, you're from the Bronx. Yeah, I'm from the Bronx. Are you still there? Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately I mean, not, nah, dude. I mean, you, there's so much fucking talent there. It's, hey, um, I, did, I, I say way. I say unfortunately because um you know I love my city I do I've been here my entire life but that's the problem I've been here my entire life and um it's not a great place to be I always say like the people that don't that aren't from here they think New York is like this great place because the the perception is like the big city the bright lights um, the big city, the bright lights is literally one place. OK, <laughs> that's that's uh, that's just fucking like Times Square. Like that's the big city, the bright lights that everybody else is talking about. There's a whole other there's five boroughs here, you know, um, fucking rent is through the roof out here. The cost of living is through the roof out here. Um, it's very difficult. Um, you said you're in, in Atlanta. I know somebody who who left here. Um, and got 
a uh, two or three bedroom like uh, apartment or house complex for like what it costs to get a studio here. It, like it's absolutely like fucking insane. It, it makes it makes no sense. How it's yeah, crazy. man, in Atlanta is like prices have blown up. I think we had the highest inflation other than Scottsdale last year, like up a hundred percent type shit. But it still isn't like San Fran or New York or L.A. I mean, that shit's out of pocket. If we're being honest, I have friends who live in New York and like do the whole finance thing, live in the financial district, and it's like you, you go to their like apartment and it's like a shitty studio for like three grand a month. I'm like, how do you? How do you like you can't survive in New York unless you're making like some decent money. Granted, like wages are higher because of that, but it's crazy. The wages aren't even, you know what I'm saying? The the wages are barely livable, bro. Like barely, barely, barely livable. Depending on what you're doing, but the majority of people, it's like, nah, this ain't cut. Yeah, for sure, man. It, it, it's an unfortunate trade-off too, because I mean you got like the big city with all the opportunity. And this and that, but I guess it comes with like a premium, you know. Hey, exactly. I will say I did post up, I did put the link for emotions, um, streaming on spot all the streaming platforms. It's up there. Um, so definitely go give it a listen. It's a dope. Fuck yeah, man. Well, I love the story, dude. And I love the I love the song. I like when you switch up the flow and like get more like singing with it and then come back in to just like rapping. Appreciate it, man. Definitely. Um, we gotta tap in more. Like I said, I do a whole bunch of spaces, so I'll um I'll shoot you some DMs. Yeah, yeah, my DM, man. I can remember. Fuck yeah, man. I'm glad you came through. For sure, for sure. I'm hanging out for a little bit. Hell yeah. Uh Matt, you got your guitar? You wanna play something? Or uh I don't know if everyone in here is I mean, they probably heard one of your songs that they don't know they have. <laughs> but you got your hey, guitar. Hey man, I'm uh Thanks for asking. I'm painting. <laughs> I'm like You're painting, painting a windowsill in the dark. I'm, what? Uh, I'm basically like, I've got this like I've got a leak in my kitchen when the rain comes in, so I've got to like seal this thing. So yeah, not very rock and roll, but that is what I'm doing right now. So sorry, man. I'll I'll that, that, next time. That sucks. I'm glad I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm gonna play a track though for you because I want y'all to anyone who hasn't heard Matt again. You maybe have, but uh, he. Uh, you know, he's easily one of my favorite artists here. I got a bunch of my favorite artists here in Web3 in this space. I love it. But I got to play. I got to play one of his songs. I'm playing Hollow. You know that. Bro, that song is so good. It's, it's ridiculous. So good. Matt, and I caught that clip that they recorded of you live at the uh, live at that uh, event with. Oh, my God. Why is their name slipping me now? Whoever you just played with out there. Um, yeah so good so 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 good thanks man thanks so much yeah it's uh it's weird that song kind of you know like some songs just take on a life of their own and you just write i wrote that song you know like a two-week period where i was like writing i must have written like 15 songs and i just it was just like another song you know and then i re-listened to it when we demoed it and was like it was a call right with this girl femka in nashville and uh she was producing it and when we went to demo it we kind of looked at each other like this is good right this is this is one of the good ones and then uh, as we started to play as i started to play it live i was getting like texts from people after the shows being like that song hollow like that's the one you should release that one so we released it first and it just like flew it was crazy but thanks so much for saying that but, you know that was 20 that came out in 
late 2017. So it's like, you know. Well, it got radio. I mean, I think I first heard it on like the radio or something. Right? I mean, I yeah, think it had yeah. radio all over, all, like even in the States. How did I not yeah, hear that it was that old? It was like national radio. That was in 2020. So we had like this acoustic version and then we got like a re, like master, bigger version and radio version. We eventually took that in 2020 to radio in the US. So it was like, oh, dude, that's why. In every state. Because yeah, in Nashville. Wild. So we probably got more plays as well in, down here in Georgia because that's just like the neighboring state. You know, there's like a lot of overlap. Yeah, no, sorry, I said national radio. Sorry, I meant but oh. yeah, Nashville. <laughs> Nashville is where where I wrote it and recorded it as well. Like we recorded it in. Um, that was the other thing about that song as well, because it was like um, we made that in um, in a spare bedroom, like in between. My it was in my producer's house in Nashville, and it was like her dog, her neighbor's dog was barking, like her neighbor was mowing the lawn, and we just like put everything into it, made it, did it the best we could, and uh, and that. I mean, still is the song that's gone the furthest. And yeah, it was made like that. You know, it was made, you could have made that. In fact, we did. We made that song on probably like, I don't know. I mean, she already had some nice microphones and things, but the budget was like nothing. You could have made that song on a few hundred dollars. Yeah, um, bro. We talked about that on, yeah. uh, we did a space, uh, the space, this space last Thursday. And we had a long conversation about that where it's like, obviously like ideal scenarios are, you know, like a nice studio with like great acoustics and the rooms treated, et cetera. But like at the end of the day, like countless hits and great songs have been recorded in like a bedroom or like in a hotel or, you know, on a hundred dollar mic, you know, we were talking about how I, I know this one producer who's done like 12 Elton records or whatever. Right. And he's worked with Adele. And I was like, just starting out. And I was asking him about mics and this and that, like way starting out, you know, long time ago, like just learning how to sing or whatever. And he, I was like, you know, like what mics you recommend or this and that, obviously a lot are going to be out of my price range, but you know, mid tier. And he was like, you know, this and that, but to be honest, it's all about the take. He's like, Adele could sing on a hundred dollar microphone and then still sound better than everyone else. And that was like, Oh shit. All right. We got some work to do, but it's true, man. I mean like hotline bling by Drake is in a freaking hotel room and his team didn't want to re release it, you know? And it, that's, that's badass. And I, I totally don't know. Man. It was, I was just going to, I was just going to say that, uh, that we've just re recorded our like, debut art. Well, just, we're kind of releasing it now. So it's about a year and a half ago we were recording. And, um, we had like a, a really nice studio. We had like a, a shoot out of, we had all different kinds of mics and it came down to three Neumann U87 mics. We had like two like vintage West German U87s and then we had like a modern U87 and then we had like five amazing preamps that we ran it through and just like one by one, we were like, what's the best combo that we want to use for the whole album? <laughs> In a treated studio, like vocal booth, everything. And we got like our favorite combo did most of the album on that but then there's like three tracks on the album where we just preferred the emotion of like the, the demo i did in my studio like never ever intending to for that to be like the final demo i just like felt the song it was probably like two in the morning i was on an aston origin microphone which is like 200 pound microphone um just holding it in my hand and we just like fixed it we just we used those takes and we did like a match eq we did some nice compression and we just like we use those takes and you wouldn't, there's no way if I played you that whole album, like tell me the songs that were on the 200 pound microphone versus the like, I mean, like 
two, three thousand dollar microphone, four grand preamp. Like, tell me which one was which. You'd never know. It's just like so much of that is kind of yeah. We do want that extra like five percent if we can get it. But exactly what you said. It's like it's the emotion, the performance. Just don't like don't recording in like an echoey hall if you don't want echo and just like. But if you stand in your wardrobe like in amongst your clothes with a two hundred dollar microphone, you're gonna get a great result. Yeah, man. It's 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 like if people ask like, oh man, I can't, you know, like people maybe just starting out like I, I can't afford studio time, this and that. I'm like, you can afford a two hundred dollar mic, a free DAW, and like a cheap interface. You can go all in on like okay gear for like five hundred bucks, and maybe not the DAW, but you know what I mean. And you you'll see more and more artists like obviously the you know big shots have like home studios, but they're just doing tracks at home. I'm, I'm just like, be where you're comfortable. Like, cause you're going to get the best takes when you're comfortable. And sometimes it's harder to be comfortable in a big studio. You know, I personally, it's like, it's not that it's hard to be necessarily comfortable. What's uncomfortable is I'm paying freaking, you know, X amount an hour and that gets fucking uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and if you have a bad day as well, you have like, Oh, it's a, it burns a hole in your pocket. Is, yeah. Everything is right. Like you've got the perfect studio, everything's set up. Your voice isn't even necessarily like tired or anything, but you just can't get the take. And well, you can't get the emotion you right because you're thinking yeah, about you the one grand for the studio. The money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm all for that. I mean, look, Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas Chute, like they, they proved that. Like, yeah, they were using like a Neumann, but it was like a 600 pound kind of cheap one, cheap-ish versus the really expensive ones. They didn't have to be using that. And she's holding it in her hand. She's breaking every single rule. She's on an SM7 sometimes. Like, it's just like every, they broke every rule. She sat on the end of the bed and it was the biggest album of like what, 2019 or whenever it came out. Like, they, they, we've already had this proven. So, but it's just, I think it's like a form of procrastination as well that I've been guilty of. You like, sometimes it's kind of like, yeah, I'll do the album when I've got the gear. Like, if I can just save up to get this, if it, once that arrives, I'll do it. And you start the album, you're like, if I had this plugin, then I'll do it. It's just like, you just sometimes just need to do it and like think later. And there's basic rules that you've got to like, you want to stick to to get good quality sound and whatever you don't, a lot of hiss over your, your, your recordings and stuff. But it's like the reason that you get like a hit record or a hit album is not going to be because you've got the most expensive microphone in the world. Dude, I didn't know that story about Billie Eilish. No way. I know they like do a lot of tracking at home or whatever, but I didn't know that like, one of her biggest hits or her biggest hit was like in that setting first album yeah like the first the, album there's a, um if you there's an apple uh apple tv documentary yeah, you yeah. see them making it they're like he's sat on the end of the bed and he's like oh yeah try it again i do want to do a harmony on that and she's just holding the microphone in her hand or even like a yeah i saw the trailer for the documentary i i need to watch that then my girl's obsessed with her so that's i mean that's freaking dude that's so awesome that's the inspiring stuff too right it's just like stop hesitating if you're feeling it that day just run and grab a mic and hit record totally totally and like just having gone through that album making experience for the first album not to go on too much but uh, one last thing that i think is like really really valuable is also that like one of our biggest issues in making music in 2023 is that we have too many options. So one of the things we decided is we, we got a studio that was like for London, like relatively cheap. It was like a car garage next door and stuff and like a crazy like underground subway underneath and like 
there was a few issues but we got this studio that like felt like a vibe to us drums sounded great in it the piano that was there sounded amazing and we just we, we were like okay so let's just do one drum day where we work out what combination of drums we want for this album let's just go through it all which microphones okay that's the whole album we're going to leave that set up we'll do that for the whole album same with the piano which microphones and then we made this decision we went upstairs like the control room was upstairs so we went upstairs to this control room and we were like right okay so which plugins and like vst like virtual instruments do we want like computer instruments basically do we want to use um and then we just made this decision to not use any so we just we chose three analog synths like one that we borrowed from ben our guitarist's dad like a, it was a, um, a moog or moog synth and then that was for like the synth bass. And then we got like a, um, a profit synth for the pads. And then we got um, like this ancient like Roland synth for like vocoder and stuff, like from the 70s, for three synths. And then we decided not to use any virtual instruments. So the whole album doesn't have like a, any VST plugins, doesn't have any VST synth or anything across the whole 12 tracks. But you'd think that it does, but we just like, we we found it so much more like creatively freeing to be like, this is our palette. Like this is our sound palette for the album and we're sticking to it. And these are the rules that we're enforcing because otherwise it's like, you're going to have any instrument or any sound from any time. And then there's infinite plugins and you're just going to get lost, like scrolling through them all. So sometimes it's nice to just to restrict yourself as well as just as a, something that kind of links into the microphone conversation. Um, another thing that's kind of like, it's not, it's not better to have every option in the world. It's better to know what your sounds are and what your palette is and just run with them. I actually really like what you just said there, Matt, because this is something that my producer pushed for in these first three songs. So like I've got Brown Eyes is out um, and we kind of followed a template. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you got to hear Ocean Drive, the song I wrote for uh, Shiba Sequoia Forest. Um, but we kind of used that template to kind of set the grounds for the next three drops. And it it's made it so easy. Like we spend almost no time cleaning stuff up now. We're just like, okay, here's how you're going to record it. Here's how you're going to send it to me. Here's the plugins we're going to use. And here's the rough, you know, the rough kind of settings we're going to use. And bam, like that's it. So, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Like it gives you, it also gives you a more consistent sound for those drops where it's like, yeah, like you said, you can literally put anything into this and it's as long as you're using this kind of consistent template for that batch of music, it all sounds very cohesive and like it all came out of the same the same batch. So, yeah, definitely agree with that. Yeah, I find like one of the mic things interesting is like um like you're talking about you can do like a cheap mic or or a nice mic and this and that but also like finding what you sound best on and, and i did like a shootout before right where i had uh their clones but i tried like a u87 a u67 a u47 and it's like you know everyone sounds best on the 87 this and that and it turned out it was like the i sounded best on the 67 so i grabbed that clone and then this is the wilder one this is i mean way back in high school when i was like playing in like a you know alt rock band and you know re recording in like garages and this and that but i don't know i don't think like timbres and, and your voice have really changed since then um maybe range but anyway um i uh we were tracking and i got on an sm7 and i fucking do not like how my voice sounds on sm7 which is really weird it's not that normal but 
then I grabbed, they grabbed like this hundred dollar, like audio technica mic. And it was just like, bang. And I was like, this is so fucking weird. And so that's where we tracked like a lot of the vocals. Then and it was like some of the cleanest vocals I've done to date. You know what I mean? Like years later. So y'all are completely correct. I think that that approach too that, um, y'all took with, you know, finding that palette, like you said, for the record and cause it gets distracting, right? Like you're saying, it gets so distracting, like all the different plugins, like you said, it's infinite instruments and I don't care like how focused you are at some point, like that's going to drive you insane and you may like drop the ball on something. So Definitely helps that y'all had some badass gear. I know a lot of that gear. That's crazy. You were using that for a vocoder. Um, that 70s, uh, what was it? Uh, you said uh, 70s. It's like a Roland. Uh, Roland, yeah. Yeah, it kind of sounds like a, a, It's So it has two patches on the whole thing, and it's got those like old, like kind of like yellowing, like old switches. Um, it can either do like terrible things or a kind of like shitty choir uh but you can send a mic through it and use it as a vocoder but in the mix it just sounds great like it's got way more character than the pristine this is the other issue like all the all the sounds now they're made to sound amazing like all the synths and things they're made to sound incredible on their own and they take up way too much space in the mix so you just end up having like layer upon layer of these things that are taking up like the whole spectrum so it takes so much more mixing and when you actually like listen to records that you love, quite often like you remember this like epic guitar line, right? And then you, but if you actually put the song back on and play that like Mr. Brightside or like any of these songs like that, and you listen to like how much, like how thin the actual guitar is, like how much they've thinned it down and EQ'd it so that it fits perfectly in its spot and it takes up exactly the space it's supposed to take up. But your memory of it is that it's just this like giant like sound. The, it often isn't so you're kind of looking for things that have their place and fit nicely in their in their place like i had two acoustic guitars with me i had like a full bodied um one and then i had like a taylor gs mini which was just like a, a smaller kind of travel guitar and for some of the tracks we ended up using the gs mini because it just fit it, it wasn't too big it fit nicely where it was supposed to fit that's really interesting you found that the, the analog because I find that problem too with vocoders. I mean, they're so badass, but it take it does take up so much space, and you really have to like get in and, and dig through it and mix it. You found that the analog, like running through the analog um, vocoder, like helped with that. I would not. I would never yeah. guess that. Yeah, because it was just the sound and nothing else. It wasn't like it didn't have like all these extra like add a little bit of reverb here or and like processing. The sound yeah, or, yeah. It was just like it was literally just the exact notes I was playing, and each note was kind of because it was this like 70s um kind of sampled notes that they were using they all have their like they don't have much crossover and they don't like have those like they don't interfere with each other in the way that like modern synths and even some acoustic instruments can where like playing any note will activate a ton of harmonics higher up the instrument it was kind of it just was doing what it was doing and we probably thinned it down a little bit after that as well but um but yeah it was it was a useful approach definitely something i would i would repeat on the um yeah, I'm going to try that out because I have this track that I love and we're going to drop like relatively soon. And it's got this like badass vocoder part that I'm obsessed with. And it's like worked on it so much and it's still like a little too muddy. Like it's got to be there, you know what I mean? Because it changes the mood and it's sweet and the chords are dope. But 
it's just a little muddy and I, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm like, this is releasable, right? This is cool. We can put this out. I'm, I'm fine with where it's at, but that would only enhance it if it cleaned just up. Put it with the vocal and just like do some really harsh, like sweeps and cuts and just and, and do it until you like, until it's like it's clearing up the, uh, the frequencies that you want to be hearing. Um, and, and do it until you notice that you're losing too much and then bring a bit back in or thin the EQ. And just like, just do some crazy shit, you know, like rather than like boost, boost, boost as well. That was the other thing we worked with this incredible like engineer and mix, um, recording and mix engineer. And every time I asked him to do any, every time I was like, oh, Matt, can you put up the, uh, can you just boost the acoustic guitar in this part? Can you just boost that bagging vocal? He never boosted anything. And quite often he wouldn't even touch the levels of anything. He would find what he needed to cut. It was always just like, I'd be like, can you boost the acoustic guitar? Yeah, he dude, wouldn't EQ even open the, the best guitar. Boost. Yeah. I, yeah, he'd, he'd yeah. go elsewhere and he'd remove some frequencies from other things that were the frequencies I wanted to hear in the acoustic guitar. And suddenly I'd, you'd be hearing the acoustic guitar exactly where you wanted it and he hadn't touched the acoustic guitar at all. Yeah, that's a pro right there. Speaking, uh, of, speaking of songs that just have an amazing mix, uh, I remember there was a moment where we were going to get to hear this like really incredible track called Hollow. Uh, and we got like way on a tangent and, you know, I just want to like reset us a little to maybe, maybe. Well, we're learning where his mindset is when he goes in to track a song like hollow. I love it. Well, let's hear the result of that. Yeah, let's for sure. Let's pull it up. Also, Kirk, what's up, man? I haven't seen you in forever. What's up everyone else who's in the space, but I got to shout out my main guy, Kirk. How are you doing, brother? I know you've been busy. Good to see you. <laughs> But yeah, let's uh, let's play Cune Up Hollow right now. Bell Mountain, you already know. She told me she was hollow. Far from what I see. She's more than just the daughter of a broken mind to me She told me she was shallow Her rivers run so deep Sorry. If I could only be the boat that leads her to lessen But lonely is her favorite place to When she feels like she lets it believe Sometimes she's alone, sometimes she's broken Sometimes she's closed, sometimes she's open But lonely is a favorite place to be She told me she was falling I offered her my She only finds a comfort in not knowing just how hard she's gonna lie. I told her she wants special. She almost let me in. But she couldn't bear the thought of digging up the heart that she bear very Lonely is a favorite place to 
Let's fucking go. God, that song's so fire. And that was, was just the, the acoustic version? Because I swear there's a version on Spotify somewhere that has some drums, or am I am I crazy? That's acoustic. Yeah, that's the acoustic version. I was just thinking, uh, thanks, Bundu. I was just thinking, um, and thanks for playing it, Marcella. I was just thinking, um, yeah, the funny thing is, so we did the... For the full version that you're talking about, Wanda, um, the um, the non-acoustic version, we like labored over everything, like every, like went against everything um, that I've said about mixing in in the last like ten minutes. Uh, we did we did record it in the spare bedroom or whatever, but then when it came to the mixing, like tweaking everything, making it perfect, probably six or seven months before we put it out. We put it out; it's doing well. But the acoustic version, um, like the our distributor was just um like we had a meeting and he was like you know what's doing really well on Spotify right now like acoustic versions maybe it's worth doing a quick acoustic version just to like boost the release um they might like want to kind of playlist it or whatever so we were like okay so got in with uh the mix engineer a guy called josh reynolds um just in his living room in nashville he put up put up a microphone on my guitar and uh um and i played the guitar part and then we stood up and did the vocal it was probably like two hours we like smoked some weed did this acoustic version and then we're like cool we're done he mixed it femka added a few like reverb throws and synthy things probably took her like the same an afternoon or whatever and we kind of like threw it up and it just like um as in threw it threw it up on spotify not threw up um and it just it flew it's like i think it's at like eight times as many or ten times as many streams as the one that we labored over for month to month, think like picking apart every detail. So it does show you. And also, and then the other funny thing I was thinking there is like, imagine if I had 
being like, no, let's use like, let's spend 10 grand on a microphone and make sure we get it perfect. It just got played through spaces. So like, what would be the point? I'll say uh, you guys did a great job, though, that the kind of full band version, like you guys did a really good job of still keeping that that like guitar vocal vibe and like didn't let it overtake the song. So, you know, I love the straight acoustic version, bro. I love hearing you do that song live like you're you're just ridiculously talented. Um, But yeah, I I'm always up because so like I find it's difficult to keep the attention of a live audience when you don't have a band, right? Like it's, it's tough unless you're in a very specific type of environment. Like I, you know, I, I think it just, it's hard for me as a performer. It was always very difficult to do solo acoustic shows, especially in bars and things where like a lot of people want to dance, they want to do stuff, but like, yeah, there's, there's something to be said about acoustic versions. I'm just always, enamored by the way people are able to mix in like a little bit of that drums like a little bit of that bass and like just change it a little um so no i mean all all your mad i don't think i've found a song of yours that i don't fall in love with i uh i i actually send your music i've got some friends who are who are really like they're not in twitter they don't know what's going on with the music scene right now um and i just like share your link with them sometimes i'm like oh you need to listen to this this is definitely your vibe and all of them have come back and been like wow this is amazing and it's like it's so crazy because i never i don't know that i ever had heard you before if i did i didn't know it until i spaces so like i feel very fortunate because now i get to have a conversation with you on spaces and i get to go listen to your really great music um so i think that's what's so awesome about this space but yeah man you just you you put out banger after banger. Uh, that's just a hundred percent. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel fortunate to have found spaces in this whole community as well because I mean, it's what's taught me is like the magic happens with the off with like building like fan bases with longevity and depth. It happens like one at a time, like one fan at a time, you know. And we had it was kind of like a blessing and a curse that we released that first song, and it just blew up, and then it was kind of like major records sorry major record labels and big publishers and managers suddenly being like no this is the route this is the route like let's like sign to us and we'll do this and we're gonna give you a national radio campaign and it's gonna this is gonna be the way it's gonna blow up so we kind of got like pulled down that route and then like i don't not to get too much into the story that i've told before but found a record deal in 2020 uh got dropped from the record deal in february 2022 and um and it was just like suddenly how do we make sure that that doesn't happen again? How do we make sure that our destiny is not in their hands again? Um, so I feel very fortunate to have found my way here where these incredible independent artists have, have, have really shown me this, this way that is way more in sync with who I am, like my soul and who I am as a human. Um, I like to like meet and connect with people one-on-one. And I've realized that like, if you do that every day and you just find like one person every day, um, who connects with you so much that they will then shout about you to other people as well. It's this like exponential growth effect where you're getting these, like the, the fans that you want, like the, the deepest connections with your music. Um, and they're, they're kind of like the songs work for you in that way, you know, like it grows and grows and grows. And one a day is like, that's, 
that really, especially if those people are talking to you to other people, it, like it really has an impact. Um, and and I've always wondered about like when artists can go, hey, like go and pre-save my song, and suddenly they have ten thousand pre-saves. I'm like, how how do they do that? And like now I'm getting to the point where certainly not ten thousand pre-saves, but getting to the point with like building a community with music NFTs with Patreon and all of that, where I do have this like group of fans, and I know them all in like. Either, I know them all by name and I know a little bit about all of them. Um, and it's a two-way relationship that we have. And if there's anything I can do to help them with like their creativity or guide them, like I do that. I put like so much time in. And now when I have an ask for them, because I like give, 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 when I then have an ask for those people, like they do all run to the pre-save or run to the newsletter sign up or whatever, because it's not just like this one-way thing. And it kind of feels obvious when you hear yourself say it, but it, earlier on it was like, getting led to this kind no, of no dude um, it's not obvious yeah. man they they don't teach you that and I, I actually have a question about that that's so good i've uh we talk about that a lot or i try to talk about that a lot it's like you see that with like the tiktok stars that go ridiculously viral and then like can't sustain it because they didn't focus on like i call that like your internet street team right you're saying like that one by one and then it has that um, you know, exponential effect, just like you used to have like a standard street team. Now it's kind of like the internet street teams, right? Because things have changed. And um, I found that, you know, those artists, you look at it all the time who don't like when they're blowing up, like get live, get on live every day, respond to comments, like try to build relationships with those fans. Uh, it drops off. And so either like, if you go viral like that, I think that should be your focus or like, you know, the ones that go viral and, they already have that foundation of those like super fans and super supporters that's sustainable. Um, so I would like to like, so the label, you know, when that was happening, um, were they basically like, no, don't worry about like direct connections with fans. Cause Taylor Swift is the example, right? I talk about her all the time. She still does it and look at her hardcore fans. It spans generations. She gave us the blueprint to be honest. And it's crazy how a lot of people don't follow it, but, um, was the label basically like, no, don't worry about that. We just want you doing promo here and promo there, which I don't know. Like, I, I feel like when you're blowing up like that, your presence is the most important thing. And whether it's, you know, so it should basically be just like performances, which you meet fans, right. Or like online hanging out with fans and then obviously writing, did they like steer you away from like that ground game once it started going viral like that? Uh, I wouldn't say they steered me away. They just, they kind of, it just wasn't on the radar. It was like, um, it was all, everything was geared towards like, kind of, it's almost like they had this idea of like, you guys could be, in fact, they said this, you guys could be like the next Coldplay and that's what we have in mind for you. So everything was like so big. Like all the, all the targets and all the goals were so big that it was like, we're going to get you on this radio show. You're going to get interviewed. Then we're going to get you on this big podcast. You're going to get interviewed by them. And that goes out to like a hundred thousand people. And then you're going to do, it was all, and then we're going to do like SNL when the album comes out, all these plans. So it was all just about like that, like kind of like scattergun, like cast the widest net and see who you get. Because if you can go on TV in front of 30 million people, then even if you're not making the deepest connection, there's probably going to be like a hundred thousand people there who are like, Oh, holy shit, who's this? And then that moves the needle. And then maybe those hundred thousand people then go and 
uh, stream your record and then suddenly it's in the charts and then people start talking about you because you're in the charts and it all kind of has this like snowball effect and I think that's what they're they're shooting for I would say that like management probably should have been the ones who were who were like because I've always like talked to our fans and, and tried to where I could and management should have really I feel kind of been like okay well how can we find out how these people are who these people are let's work on your mailing list let's do all that and but I think management were kind of in lockstep in lockstep with the label and also thinking it doesn't it's not like it's not worth spending your energy on like one fan at a time when we're going to shoot for like a hundred thousand fans from one tv appearance or whatever and that was the plan that was their plan in 2020 that's when we kind of we're we signed in February 2020 and we were going to make the album in May 2020. We had all the, all the songs written. It was excited about them. And then we were going to, we had a six month tour uh, supporting Kaleo across um, UK, Europe, um, uh, USA and Canada. So that's going to be 86 dates um, for six months in 2020. And then we were going to come off the back of that, release the album, do like TV stuff had all this whole plan and then obviously COVID came along and blew that all up. So I think everybody kind of lost the plot a little bit then. And they were like, well, we'll throw hollow on radio anyway. But then when hollow got, got sent to radio, it was right in that time in like autumn 2020 where all of the, like all media went really safe. It was like people wanted recognizable things. They started streaming in the US office on repeat. They started streaming friends on repeat. Everyone just wanted familiarity. And all the radio stations either were putting like an on-rotation playlist because their DJs weren't in, or they were just playing familiar songs because everybody just, that's what everyone wanted. So it was a really bad time for a new band to go to radio. And that's when we went to radio. And then it was kind of like, well, we don't know what to do with you. Maybe you should start doing your album. And that's what we did in, in late 2021. And uh, and then it came to February 2022, and uh, I'm, I'm rushing through this because I've told this story a million times, and I feel sorry for like Mitch and Kirk <laughs> a million times. But uh, it came to February 2022, and we put in our tour support request, um, and the label were like uh, umming and ahhing for like a month, and their whole model had switched to TikTok single deals and not sending bands on the road for like expensive tours tour support budgets. And then it came back in the end, and we we're like, we don't want to pay this; we're just going to terminate your contract. So. That's what happened. Yeah, we have like kind of like a semi similar story because I, I think we maybe talked about it because we did that interview stays a, a while ago where I had like the deal too from a viral song that wasn't near as viral as, as yours. But again, they're always looking for the viral shit. And it was uh, late 2019. So we were in the middle of all that and, um, you know, looking at the deal and this and that. And then COVID hit too. And it was like, okay, well, we need to like, what the fuck is happening? We need to just push stuff that people are familiar with, like you're saying. Um, like, we got to conserve our money. Obviously, yours went uh, a lot more viral. So it was still like, all right, let's proceed, like with, you know, Bell Mountain. But it's shit timing, man. I can like completely uh, relate. And I, I think you make a good point, which is, and I think, COVID probably stifled it where you could do a lot of one-on-one -on -one stuff. But um, I, I see the labels, like they're one valuable, like two, they have like two valuable, like utilities at this point and that's it, which is distro, right? Like radio, editorial playlist, and then PR. And I, you know, that probably should have been their job because like you're saying, yeah, it's not a one-on-one -on -one connection, but it's a deeper connection when you're on a podcast, when you're on a show and this and that. But the problem was you, you know, unfortunately didn't get to like funnel it even further. And 
you know, like you're talking about management, following them, maybe two in lockstep could have been the problem where they could be coming up with ideas with like, well, every other like moment, if they're not in the studio or they're not like trying to build that mid-level connection, like on TV shows or podcasts, they need to be doing meet and greets. They need to be releasing like experiences, um, like an NFT with their fans. Like even if you don't have the time, and this is the Taylor model, even if you don't have the time to hang out every day with your fans, every drop is so elaborate and it is one-on-one of a connection she can get with her fans. And I would assume, and I would like your opinion on this, that would be how you handle that balance. Yeah, I kind of, I, I, I do think that, but I, let me just put this to you because this was something that I found difficult and maybe this was just me and maybe I was wrong for this. But I had a few friends be like, well, why don't you start a Patreon? And music NFTs weren't necessarily like, on my radar at all then like i'd heard of nfts i knew about crypto but no music nfts and i was kind of like i found it really difficult to imagine going to fans and setting up a patreon and being like asking for like a monthly subscription when we were on a major label with like a big budget so i felt like i do feel like some of i mean taylor swift obviously proven that uh that it can be done but um, not Patreon, but you know that that deeper connection with fans. But I felt like some of the things that are so powerful for independent musicians, and kind of still do feel like this, are incompatible with a major label record deal. I feel like if I'd showed up here and been like, "Hey, guy, I'm on, guys, I'm on Warner Records. Just drop my NFT. It's like $150. Like, collect it. Shoot me some money." I'd be like, everyone would be like, "Fuck you! Like, go to your label and get them to pay for it," because they also know that your money. The money that they spend to support your career and collect your NFT is probably 85% or 90% going to go into the pocket of your label. Like it feels incompatible. Yeah. And I think like that depends on the type of deal too, then where you'd have to explain, even if it was like a favor, favorable deal where maybe it's just distro and it's like 80, 20 and 80 is going your way and not to the pocket of the label. Like in every space you got into, it would have to be like kind of explaining like, Hey, we use the label for this. It's not a standard deal. And you'd have to probably sell that over and over again. Like, Hey, we're still allowed to have this connection with you. It's not what you think. And obviously like, there's not a lot of literacy on that from artists, even let alone like fans. Yeah. I'll be interested to see how that develops. Yeah. I I think there's a path and it's going to develop. We're going to watch it develop. We're here. We're part of like it. The beginning of it and developing right Fondue, sorry what's up no you're good just everything you're talking about is why the labels are failing right now right like literally everything we're discussing right now their their insistence on virility their insistence on oh we're going to push through these platforms and we're going to focus on this well this is why they're failing they're they've separated the fans from the artists so much and they've turned them into consumers of just junk and they've gotten really good at faking stuff right so there's there's this discussion even on spotify now about how spotify is going to crack down on the streaming farms because there's like people who figured out like oh we can manipulate the streams and like we literally can make anything we want viral well that how like how far and long can that train track run before there's more track and the train crashes and then you get to the end and you're like, well, shit, what do we do now? And like, I think this is where labels are going to struggle big time. And like, we're going to revert back to musicians going independent, musicians just doing the things they want to do, making their community 
and having to rebuild you know i think a lot of the mainstream artists are gonna you know they're gonna have their their air time for a while still but like even they i think they will have this transition into what we're already doing because they're going to be so used to the traditional model and their their brains are just going to be so wired to like oh i don't need to go make this connection because like my distribution company is just going to go take care of it. and then when all of a sudden all the bot farms are gone you're going to start to get a real feel for how many streams some of these artists have and i think that it's going to be a wake-up call to some of them you know you're going to have the big artists they, they're still selling out shows right because they 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 got enough attention but there's going to be a lot in the middle that I think are going to realize like, oh, shit, maybe I didn't have this much attention. Maybe I should have paid more attention to making real connections with people because now when they do it, it's going to come across as a little bit like desperate almost. Right. Like I feel like we're already seeing it with some stuff, you know, Soldier Boy, I feel like is a great example of this. Just like it comes off a little desperate at this point we're like oh i thought you were a big shot bro like why are you coming and begging begging from us now like i i thought you already had all this you know you you go out there and you tell us all that you're the greatest but like you made no connection nobody knows who, who you really are as a person they just they, they hear your songs because the labels spent enough money to get it out there and like you know like t swift is a an interesting character to like look at because Look, there's no denying, right, that her family set her up for success. You know, if we all had millions of dollars to pump into some of this stuff, too, we could all, you know, have enough marketing to to gain some kind of fame. Now, that's not to take away from the quality of artists that she is. It's not to take away from how she deals with her fans. But, like, the reality is she also was set up a little better. Than yeah, those. but to your point, she followed the right track after that budget and exposure. Correct. Yeah. Again, yes. not taking away from her at all. She's actually after seeing her uh, her recent little series on uh, I want to say it was on Disney Plus where they did her her session during COVID and they did talked about all these recording this album and they they did it all live. Um, I gained even more respect for her. Anytime I see that, I'm like, okay, this is an artist making a real connection. I don't care if you're a super famous artist like make this effort to make this connection between your fans even if it's something like a video that they're watching where they're learning more about you they're learning more about your problem learning more about what you went through when you were writing these songs you know that's going to make a difference all these artists who aren't doing that like they are going to look a little desperate when they finally realize like that's going to be the new wave of music like that's just dude I, I i totally agree and i think like to your point like you're saying before like the the ones who uh aren't pivoting back or obviously like you said is going to look desperate pivoting back um because there's so much noise there's so much volume and like if a consumer gets shoved like these two artists in their face one is just like all about like the fame of it but then the other one who is getting shoved in their face but is building human connection they're eventually going to be like well i really like that other artist but the other artist who i like too is focused on me a lot more why am i going to give my energy to the other person a lot of times too even if maybe the other person has like a, you know subjectively better music right or, or it's you know, higher save rates or streams better. Like over time, when you have that connection, those that that's going to flip metal arc. Uh, what's what's going on? Oh, well, no, I mean, like, I, I actually love all the points that you guys are bringing. And I kind of just want to ask a question based on that Maxwell. So um, 
the whole thing about Taylor, yes, it's true. You know, of course, blah, blah, blah. If we all had millions of dollars, you know, and our dad, you know, was the owner of Swift, whatever fucking truck company, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, but like, that's like an extreme example. If our brother was Billie Eilish's brother producing all our music, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And I'm sorry. I, I really do want to make sense. But that's also, like you said, not to take away from what they're doing, but to shine light on what these ladies are doing correctly. Um, it's the fact that even though Taylor right now, as far as I'm aware, and I could be wrong, like she's not officially an owner of a company the way that Latasha is the owner of, uh, is also the founder of Zootopia, you know, which, you know, Latasha is a whole nother cool, inspiring thing to me for a lot of ways. But these people like Taylor, they're, are, they're acting like CEOs of their own company, even if they're not like officially an owner. I mean, like, because all the collaboration that they're doing, you know, all the money she's pumped back into the economy. And again, to her point about connecting with the fans, like, like that's one of the things that people love about her, like that she'll show up at people's weddings and, and that she'll do stuff like that, you know? So, but that's also kind of like really part of like realizing that your product is very personal and that you do need to be connecting with people on a more personal level, level because our bullshit meters are like getting further. So, you know, even in her case where she's not officially a CEO of a company, I'm wondering from you guys, if like Latasha, we're going to see, you know, more artists actually fucking understanding that they need to study business and behave as if they are a founder of a company. I think Taylor, I would call her the CEO of a company. I would say sure. so too. I would say, but yeah. how many more, are we going to start to see the rise of artists, whether or not they're with a label or not, but what, what artists actually like realizing that they need to be a fucking CEO? For sure. Because at the end of the day, like, like when you look at a record deal these days, like you, you kind of, I'm sure Matt can attest to this, like they're bringing less and less to the table. So you're still having to like hire and source the majority of your team. And like, when you have a team like that, like you, even if it's not like on paper, like the legal side on paper, like you're still the CEO of all those people, you're helping direct them. Um, and I guess, yeah, maybe the labels like the CEO over that, but they're not even like treating it half the time that way. They expect you to like have your team take care of so much shit. And I mean, that's, I mean, from my friends at Warner, like a lot of the A&Rs, and I know Matt can say the same thing. I'm sure that they expected them to have people on their team do way more than they did in the 70s. And so you are a CEO of that team in a sense, even if it's not like legal, um, like, you know what I mean? And so, yes, I totally think that we're going to see more and more of that. And I think artists are waking up to the fact that they are the CEOs of their music and their career. Thank God, because I, I one of the, the, I think, harmful rhetorics that I hear some people say, and thank God for people like Taylor and Latasha, who are kind of breaking that down, is I don't want to hear another person say, artists aren't business people. And, you know, because it's like, well, if you're not going to think like you're a business, what the fuck do you think you are? A charity? Okay. I said it. Hey, I, I'm not a businessman. I'm a businessman. <laughs> I mean, uh, Jay-Z told us back, what, 2000, I don't know, maybe like mid-2000s. Because, I mean, I'm pretty sure, like, he treated it from the jump. Like, he, that was his, he didn't sign to, like, a major. He created his own label. I mean, he was doing that back in, like, the 90s, which is wild. Um, Kirky Boy, oh, my gosh, I miss you. It's been, like, a month. How are you? What's up, homie? How you doing? 
Good, man. I'm better now that I get to see Kirky Boy. Uncle Kirk. Yeah, I don't like Kirky Boy, just Unk. <laughs> How are you, dude? What what what's going on? What's going on with token tracks? And I know you're busier with work. Is that kind of slowing down or you're just triple timing it now? Yeah, man. Been, well, I got a different position now at work, so it's like it's it's a lot more mental work. And so I don't know, it can get really crazy sometimes and then other times I have downtime, but it's completely random. So it's like I can't you know, I can't like certainly can't host the space. Um sometimes I can jump in and listen every once in a while, but I'm also working like afternoons now, so mornings are kind of tough because I gotta help out with the kids, do all that kind of stuff, you know. But it is what it is. I uh had a couple minutes, so I figured I'd jump in and say hello and and good to see everybody else in here too. Matt, Fondu, Meta. Andrew, Mitch, Wisdom, Jen, Tez, whole bunch of fam in here. Yeah, man. But uh, yeah, I miss you too, man. I miss all you guys. Uh, wish I had a little bit more of a consistent schedule these days, but it is what it is. It's yeah, just token another tracks is good, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, token tracks is good. Um, they've been building just a ton of stuff, um, trying to build out a lot of these studios. I think they said they're building like 50 at the same time right now. So once they get all those rolled out, it should be pretty cool. Um, and yeah, just, you know, every, you like said studios? yeah. So they call them track studios. It's not like a physical studio. Uh, it's basically like integrating web three into your website uh, or whatever you want. So you could basically do your own launches and, you, you utilize whatever you know blockchain you want to utilize or whatever so pretty cool pretty cool stuff um definitely a work in progress you know it's going to take some time to fully implement but once it's up and running and kind of more the norm then it's going to be really cool and i know y'all have been doing like i i haven't seen too many updates but you had planned on doing it or it is currently happening like a lot of drops with like international artists that, um, you know, can be like really life-changing experiences and moments. What's, what's up with that? Cause I know that y'all have been onboarding a lot of people from, uh, you know, all over the world. Well, yeah, currently they, they still have the, I mean, it's basically an ongoing thing to help out artists in the Sahal region of Africa, um, which is, you know, pretty underserved, you know, part of the world, uh, underdeveloped part of the world. And so, you know, this basically not only gives funding to, to artists who otherwise like wouldn't get, you know, the exposure definitely wouldn't get, get any kind of real money. Um, but it also brings, you know, awareness to that, to that region to help, you know, fund the arts and everything else that's going out there. So, yeah, definitely cheap. I mean, I think it's like $5 per NFT. You can buy it uh, with a credit card, whatever, just on the token track site. And um, yeah, they're still they're still doing that, still ongoing. Um, so yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. Hell yeah. And do you have any uh, drops that you're about to about to do? What's what's going on with that? Uh, well, at this stage, uh, I have a few people in the pipeline, but I'm honestly just waiting for them to get back to me. Uh, I know one is 
was almost done with the track but then i think they went back to add a bunch of stuff and so it's just i think taking longer than than they had thought so really yeah i'm just i'm kind of i'm ready i'm just waiting on them kind of a thing uh so yeah mostly waiting <laughs> like where i'm at right now they're freaking catch up and and sprint right yeah i mean it, it's kind of the nature of of I think the music industry is, it's like, and this is why, like, years ago, like, I just started doing my own thing because, you know, having to play with a band and all that, like, it's fun. Like, I really enjoy playing with a, with a full band. But, man, trying to coordinate everybody's schedules and try to get people on the same page creatively and in every other aspect, and then, you know, all the psychologies come out. It's, you know, I mean, go watch that movie, uh, um what's what's it called again that that thing you do with uh tom hank it pretty much just tells the story of you know basically well, most I mean, bands in history so um yeah anyway so we'll see uh, how things go but i don't i don't i don't know i i think the way to go a lot of times even though it's harder is just kind of do things on your own you know oh. Metalark, were you saying something? Oh shit! Was I did my was my mic hot? So sorry! Oh, oh yeah. my god! Like sometimes I, I talk to myself. What a, what a surprise! I'm so sorry, Kirk. Let me turn it off. You're okay. good. It could have been worse, right? You could have been in doing something else that we won't discuss. But yeah, no, no, it's it's all good. Metalark, the queen. <laughs> Yeah, she's awesome. She just got a, a an NFT release too on Tezos. I picked up, which I didn't even realize, but I picked up the first one. So shout out to you. Classic and, uh, move. Yeah. Well, you know, like to help out when I can, uh, if I can. So. Number one, baby. Oh, I don't think true, Kirk even yeah, knows man. all his music NFTs. He's probably lost track. <laughs> yeah, no, kinda. but that was. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you, Kirk. But please, please go on. I'm, I'm, I'm terrible this morning. No, you're good. You're good. I was just, I was just shouting you out and uh, telling people go check out your, your music NFT on Tezos. If you don't have Tezos, it's not that difficult. Just go get yourself a, a wallet. The only, the bad, the only bad thing about Tezos is how they name things. I don't, I don't understand the whole naming thing within Tezos, but. And they have some of the craziest names that you can't pronounce. But outside that, it's good stuff. So, And they're getting better. Like they came out with Temple Wallet. That's pretty straightforward. I like that. Uh, I think I got, what is it? Kawaii or something? Or Kukai.app. There you go. Kukai. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, it's a little more normal, but it's still weird. But then they had that Hickanug thing. It's like, what? I mean, come on. Like you can't spell it. It's horrible for branding let's be honest but like i said uh, i like tezos i was in on this ico back in 2017 so i've been following them for a very long time since they launched so uh, i like tezos i just man come on people name things a little bit more normal and easy to spell because otherwise like nobody's gonna find it they're gonna be like what was that thing hiccups hiccups hiccup nuggin i i don't know i don't know I guess forget about. It. We'll just stick with these, you know, because we can't spell anything on Tezos. But anyway, that's my 
that's my only Tezos rant there. I was going to add a little bit too to your ethos about the psychology of, you know, hiring the band and everything else. Like I've, you know, I mean, I'll play solo things all the time. If, you know, if my agent books me in there and, you know, it's a fucking private party or whatever, because it's just like, I don't have to fucking worry about like all the bullshit that you were talking about, you know, but for specific things, like once I start doing my web three stuff, I actually do want to hire more people if I can, you know, but if it's just one or two people that are able to make it and it's less drama for me, then I'll hire them and, and that's fine. But like, that's the beauty of the solo gigs is like, oh, I don't have to coordinate with anyone. I love this. Um, <laughs> but also to go off a little bit more on Tezos, um, I, I agree with you on, on a lot of fronts and I, they are pretty dominant in Europe and I'm seeing... I see more classical musicians on there. Um, there's an orchestra. I fucking forget the name of it. I'll have to find them. But they have it. If you just type in some text, they will transcribe and that piece for you, whatever text that you wrote based on. It's like a code, whatever, you know, letters you put in. And you can either have a 14-piece orchestra play your piece or you can have a pianist play your piece. I've seen a guitarist um, that does generative trees. So fusing generative art with art. It's really cool. And so, I mean, they have a pretty vibrant community, but one of the realities that Tej and I were talking about yesterday, which is unfortunate, but it's another reason for me to get on token tracks uh, amongst other things is that this is so, so fucking sad, but the same NFT that could be $5 on Tezos will be $5,000 on ETH. Anybody else want to fight me on that or, you know, give, give me some other things I didn't think of, but it's just so ridiculous, but that's just what I see. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, I think a lot of the, the difference in cost is, is you know, it, it's real estate, right? I mean, you can go buy something in middle of nowhere, Arkansas, and you have a, an operating cost there, right? You can go some buy something in downtown Manhattan. It's a different operating cost, right? It's kind of, kind of how how I see the blockchains. Like, you know, if you're buying something on East, it's like, well, it's prime real estate. You got to pay more. You know, what I mean, it just is what it is. But the flip side of that is, you know, and you know, we haven't seen really over time like how these things can play out, especially with the different types of. Uh, blockchain mechanics right um we've seen this several times with proof of work chains we've never really seen a really major move as far as any type of uh, proof of stake chains so that'll be interesting to see if you know somebody can basically try to you know, do some equivalent of a 51% attack. Cause I know uh, it, it's different. Like you have different attack vectors based on proof of work or proof of stake and proof of stake, you know, they don't have the same 51% attacks. Um, they have like 33% attacks or whatever. It, it's like different. I, I remember I'll have to go read it again, but I'd read this years ago, like, you know, the different types of, of, attack vectors based on type of chain uh, and it's interesting stuff, but you know, it, it'll be interesting to see like if, you know, there's some large scale attack on the network 
you know, that would potentially compromise things. But honestly, I think the bigger the network gets and the more decentralized it is, the drastically less likely that is to happen. So, you know, and, and obviously, you know, like Cardano now is like this and Tezos is like this with the delegated proof of stake. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if, if some large scale attack happens uh, and what that looks like. I've seen several 51% attacks, you know, that happened to Bitcoin Cash like two or three times, happened to Verge, it happened to Bitcoin Gold, you know, a bunch of these smaller cap chains. And obviously the the smaller the market cap, the easier it is to attack, you know, the cheaper it is. In fact, I remember reading an article one time where they actually showed, they gave a breakdown of like how much money you would need to basically take over a network. Like, and it, of course, this is a proof of work networks, right? But like, it, it would give a dollar value, say, okay, $11,000 to take over Dash, you know? Maybe people don't know what Dash is, but it's a old school privacy coin from like 2016. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, like, what I don't remember if it was $11,000, but it was like, it wasn't that much, like if you know, in the grand scheme of things, to just completely take over a network. So, it's interesting. Uh, all this stuff. No, I, I got a question for you on that because I've thought about this a lot, and I've read some of that stuff you're talking about. Um, couldn't technically a government like come in and do a 51% attack on Bitcoin, or if if that was interpreted to be happening, would the miners maybe try to step in and not? Confirm transactions like what? what how no, do you no, no. It's, it's, too it's too decentralized. Yeah, I think yeah. Bitcoin if at this they, point would if, be too if decentralized. They would have, if they would have tried that back in like 2010, like maybe. But I, I, there's a really good uh, clip of, and I think I posted it not too long ago, of Andre uh, Andres Antonopoulos. He basically described this like in in a little bit of detail, as far as like what something like that would would look like you know, as an, att an attack on, on Bitcoin. They basically, and this was like back when the market cap was way less, but he was like basically saying that, you know, they would come in, they would, they would spend like a billion dollars at least. Of course, now it'd be way more than a billion. Um, now it'd be like 500 billion. <laughs> maybe, right? Uh, it depends on, you know, the hash rate and all this kind of stuff. They would basically control the network for 10 minutes, do their double spin. The, the chain would likely fork off and then they, all their value be stuck on the old chain. And then, you know, it's over. Like they just lost billions and billions and billions of dollars and gained nothing. Right. Like that's the beauty of where we're at now with Bitcoin and how decentralized it actually is. And the fact that it it's spread out through all these different players, right? Right. This is this is what it means to have consensus, right? You have to have consensus between the devs, the miners, and the network users, right? So it's really like the best form of if you're going to call it government or governance, like that's the best form, right? It, it's spread out, right? I mean, the American government was originally designed this way, right? You had the different branches of government, and everybody was, you know, on different uh, had different particular responsibilities and, and, and you know, um, things that they could do. And then no one was really ever supposed to have more power than the other. 
that was the concept of this decentralized form of governance. So <clears throat> it kind of worked similarly within within you know within Bitcoin uh, and some other chains, right? Um, but yeah, I mean it's 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 a good thing that we have this decentralization because once again, if you had if it was too centralized, it could either easily be attacked and then it wouldn't be worth you know trying to transact on it anymore. Uh, or, you know, somebody could just come in and just take it over fairly easily uh, or do nefarious things with it or destroy it or whatever. So decentralization is key with all this stuff. I think a lot of people forget that, and that's why I'm so hardcore about decentralization, because it's like, if it's not decentralized, we're not doing it right. You know, you might as well just go back to Web 2, because that's all you're doing. You're just recreating Web 2. You know, that's not why I'm here. I wanted to ask Kirk a question about token tracks, um, just because as I'm strategically planning, you know, some, you know, to re start releasing some different things, not on Tezos, like um, what blockchains you are working with besides ETH and which ones you want to work with, because I have a friend who has been harassing me specifically to get on ordinals and nobody's been harassing me about ETH. Um, I just know that I have to because uh, create protocol, which I work with there on there and blah, blah, blah. But like, I'm, I'm curious about the future of token tracks because I've heard really good things, you know, that set you apart from other platforms, such as you guys, you know, giving grants to artists. So hope that nobody's annoyed for me basically asking him to shill. No, you're good. Um, yeah, so currently they support Ethereum. Polygon, Zilliqa, uh, Trax token. And then of course, you know, if you're doing minting and stuff, you could also use uh, credit card, which is cool. They have a very seamless credit card integration. Uh, and also it, it's not like officially on the site, but if you did want to launch something uh, as, a, as a Bitcoin ordinal, uh, they do have a dev that can help you do that as well, if that's something you want to do. So. Yeah, currently that would be the current chains, and they're they're planning on adding other chains, you know, eventually, you know, Optimism and um, probably Tezos too. I've been kind of in their ear about adding Tezos a little bit, but you know, it's like they they have like um they uh one of the girls that works there that I work with directly a lot, um, a really good really good lady. She showed me one time like her her uh kind of spreadsheet list of like tasks you know and it was just like what in the hell am i it looked like some kind of like government document of like a trove of you know <laughs> it's like it was insane the amount of, uh, of things that they they're doing like you know working with and all this other stuff so it's like sometimes you know things can take a little longer than we hope but you know rest assured like they're they're working as hard as they can, as fast as they can, um, you know, to get everything done in order. So, and they have their hands in a lot of different priors, you know, so they're just trying to crank out, you know, as much as they can, as quick as they can, but, you know, resources, you know, it's like, we don't, we don't, nobody has an infinite supply of resources, unfortunately. So. No, I wanted to also um, ask if it's okay, like, well, actually, first I'm going to give you a pro tip. If you guys wanting to connect with Tezos, 
yes, I do have direct connections to the co-founders, Kathleen and Arthur, because I've met them. They were on one of the the live podcast shows that I I, I attend pretty regularly here in Los Angeles, well, in Venice typically. But the thing about Tezos is it's so decentralized that um, the guy who connected me with Arthur and Kathleen, his name's John, and he actually gets paid from Tezos a little bit every month because he's so fucking obsessed and advertises them so much. He's, if you want to connect with them, you don't reach out to Arthur and Kathleen. You have to reach out to Object if you want to get that crowd. Or if you want to get the generative art crowd, you have to reach out to FX Hash. And, so, and, they, all, and they have separate discords from just this, the Tezos discord. So that's a tip to help you if you guys are wanting to create that partnership. But then I guess I was, oh, I was going to ask one more thing about the credit card transaction. Um, because Tezos, for instance, I mean, they accept credit cards and Apple Pay. And a lot of sites do because, you know, unless they want to be fucking idiots and, you know, just accept, you know, crypto when you're trying to onboard the masses, that's not smart. But if people purchase something from you on token tracks, is that automatically going on a blockchain or can people do whatever they want with it? Because there is the issue of if, you know, I've had friends tell me, well, if I sell the same thing on one blockchain, like just like you were saying with real estate, it's worth more. So do customers have that freedom, even if they've purchased it with a credit card? And sorry if my question is confusing. Yeah, no, uh, as I understand your question, um, so basically the way it works is like, like if you buy, if you buy a, a an NFT through token tracks, um, you have two options. One, you can log in with your wallet, right? So now your wallet's connected to the site and then, you know, you, you purchase, you could purchase multiple different ways once you're logged in, right? with your wallet and then inevitably because you're logging with your wallet you buy it it knows where to send it right um if if you let's say don't have a wallet you're a newbie you're new to web3 you don't know what's going on you can sign up with a an email address to token track right so then when you go to log in the same way you would connect wallet it's going to ask you how do you want to connect uh, and it would be either, you know, MetaMask or equivalent or email address. So you would select email address, log in with your email address. Boom. Now you're now you're logged into token tracks with your email address. When you do that, it automatically creates a Venly wallet for you. Venly is like the custodial wallet. I mean, it's similar to like paper wallet or CrossMint, but like a million times better than both of those. Um, <clears throat> not saying that because i have some direct connection with them i've used the other two and they're awful anyway um oh so basically yeah so you have venly there to custody whatever nfts you buy therefore when you log into every time you log into token track with your email there's a tab called my nfts you click on that you can see all the stuff you bought then if you want to decide hey i want to i've learned more a little bit now about web3 um you know i want to take custody of these nfts move them out to my own wallet cool you know then you can transfer uh from the venly to your wallet and then boom you're you have custody then and then every time you log in again like i said um now you can log in with your wallet and you see your nfts there 
So that's pretty much how it works. Um, and then as far as like, you know, reselling them, it would be just like anything else, right? Whatever chain they're on, that's the chain you're going to be selling them on. So therefore you'd go to whatever secondary marketplace to list them. And, uh, you know, I know, I know there's some, some uh, exchanges now uh, that have multi-chain stuff. So meaning like, yeah, you could, you could sell, you know, an NFT you bought on ETH on an exchange that, you know, also interfaces with Tezos and whatever else. Right. So definitely <clears throat> something else to be aware of, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty simple really. Actually, that sounds somewhat unique, you know, what you're doing. And I don't want to keep talking because I'm probably annoying people. But like, but it is unique that the customers at Token Tracks can just buy it. And then literally they have a choice as to whatever secondary market that they want to trade it on. Because that, that's that you have to admit that's kind of a unique, that's a unique aspect of Token Tracks unless somebody else is going to tell me I'm wrong. And it's not. But like usually like if I, you know, mint with ETH or what, or even if some, let's say somebody buys it on OpenSea, for instance, you know, and they buy it with credit card, whatever, you know, it's still, it's on the Ethereum blockchain, regardless of how they paid for it. Whereas with token tracks, I could pay with credit card. And then based on whatever secondary market I, as the customer want to put it on, I have the freedom. You, you actually are giving customers more, more agency and that's fucking dope, you know? Sorry, I need to be quieter. I'm so fucking loud. Oh, you're good. You're good. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it, it's the same in the sense of, you know, whatever chain it's minted on, like that's the chain it's minted on. And unless some other exchange, like let's say Blacklist or doesn't have it listed or whatever, uh, or maybe an account wasn't created on that exchange, you know, then you, you might not see it on that exchange. But as long as the exchange is, is a general aggregator, it's going to see it there and then you can list it there. And, and a lot of these exchanges nowadays are pretty connected because they'll have certain exchanges which will actually read data from multiple exchanges, right? So you'll have like, uh, well, like for instance, like um, OpenSea Pro, which used to be gem.xyz. Um, you know, they basically, they're like an aggregator of exchanges. So if you go on there and you connect your wallet and you search for a particular collection, let's say whatever, Bored Apes or whatever, you'll see Bored Apes and you'll see them listed with the floor price and all this kind of stuff. And then it'll show you what exchange that particular thing is listed on. So let's say I hold a, a Bored Ape and I decide I'm going to list it on Blur. I'm not going to list it on OpenSea. I'm going to list it on Blur. Right. If you're connected to OpenSea Pro, which, like I said, used to be gem, gem.xyz, it'll show you everything. Like it'll show if you if it's on looks rare, it'll show if you show you if it's on OpenSea, if it's on Blur, or any of those. Right. So as long as you're connected there, and I think magically, and there's another exchange called Magically, they do the same thing. So if you see it, you're going to see it wherever it's listed. And then you can buy it through, let's say, OpenSea Pro, right? So even though you're technically buying it from Blur, you're buying it through OpenSea Pro's interface. So it's like 
they're connecting all these exchanges together to make it easier for people. So you don't have to go from one exchange to the other. You can see everything aggregated in the same place and then you can pick which one you want. And, you know, sometimes there's more fees potentially depending on like if each exchange has its own additional fee or whatever. But usually nowadays from what I've seen is it's pretty standard. So it's kind of a cool way to just list it kind of anywhere, but then you go there and you can see it there. So that's what's nice. Yeah, no, I mean, of course, I mean, of course, let's, if you wanted as the artist um, to have it listed and you, you can't, like somebody can't go and purchase it on secondary market at OpenSea if you don't already have it on secondary market, but it's still, I mean, I still have to give kudos to token tracks for just, it's just about personalizing the agency for customers, you know, or oh shit, whatever the fuck you want to call them, people who are buying your shit. I mean, it's still, it's still good for them. You know, and so it's like you're just giving me one more reason to um, mint with token tracks. Um, and um, but I, I want to make sure the, the thing that I put on there, I make sure you're proud of it. <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'll be quiet and let some other people talk. <laughs> I'm sure whatever you put there, I'll be proud of it. 100%. You know, I'm going to buy it. So there you go. You already got one buyer. Hell wow. yeah. Also, Go ahead, Matt, Maxwell. Let, I'm talking too much. No, yeah, we're spilling some Matt. What time this week you want to talk? Uh, yeah, whenever. Just DM me. Did you say Max or Matt? Uh, Matt, if he's still yeah. there. If Matt is still there, or and Maxwell too is cool. I'm here. I'm here. I'm, I'm speaking through a just mask right now. Can you hear me or not? I can hear you beautifully and loud and clear. Yeah, I'm painting my windowsill, guys. I'm a bit worried that this windowsill might be made out of asbestos and that is why i have a dust mask on but uh but yeah kirk i will dm you so sounds good yeah no matt just hit me up earlier or wait i guess late last week we're gonna chat about some stuff that he's got going on which would be fun looking forward to that and uh but yeah maxwell like i don't know man we gotta we gotta collab at some point here soon man been too long i know i got some i got one idea that i did uh, i think like a month ago that i'll, I'll send you over that i think we can kind of go. fit styles on for sure um put it on token tracks together um but i'm about to wrap it great alpha between metalark and kirk <laughs> for i didn't i didn't expect to hear any of that shit today i'll be honest with you but this is a great space um Glad I finally got to see Kirky Boy always dropping Alpha, Matt sharing all these experiences with us, and Meta always bringing the energy, the biggest and best energy in the room. Um, Taz, Jen, see y'all have stuck around. I appreciate y'all and uh, everyone who came through today. But y'all got anything else to add before we close this down? Um, fuck the FUD. Uh, I want to give you guys some good music news. Um, whether or not you care for the artist or not, Heroin, who uh, was who went viral for OX Dead on Sound XYZ, he is now going to be in Super Chief. He's one of the he got he's one of the selected artists that got in the in the contest that they just did the 404 catalog with Join, and um, this is just proving my point. Music NFTs were taken over the world. And sooner or later, we won't even say music NFTs. It's just like, well, of course that NFT has music. 
They usually do, you dumbass. It's just like we don't refer to MP3s as MP3s. It's just like, it's just an audio file or it's just an NFT. So now we're taking over Super Chief, motherfuckers. In New York, we're taking over music NFTs, baby. The best entertainment. <laughs> Metal Arc always bringing the best energy in all of Web3 music. My favorite. Brings the fire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you guys are. You guys make you guys fire me up. I know. I'm serious. <laughs> I like, just bait you and let you go. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. You just you just you guys just really like you guys always fire me up. But like um thank you so much for always making the day start off on a bright note. Maxwell, you're you're fucking incredible host. I, I can't wait to hear more music from you and Kirk, I wanna hear more of you and and you know, all you beautiful people that I just met today, Matt Tej. Maxwell and Jen would love to hear more from you. And now I'll bring it back to Maxwell because he is our beautiful host this morning. Oh, you think I'm beautiful? Thank you. <laughs> I mean, you are beautiful. Am I not allowed to say that? Is that offensive now? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Hey, I've met him IRL. He's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, my girls got me, but I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, man. No one was more beautiful than Kirk with his cargo pants and IRL. That that's the fucking goat shit. <laughs> oh good lord! Well, at least I don't. At least I don't have the jean shorts like Joe. <laughs> I would uh, never be able to rock that like he can. Dude, I mean, he was. I I feel like he was born in jean shorts. Like Joe didn't have diapers; he had jean shorts. <laughs> he came out of the womb yeah. with jean shorts on. Yes. Like, hey, Yes, King. <laughs> Fucking legend, Joe. Oh, I love that, man. Well, Word, I appreciate everyone. We're going to wrap it up. Um, great Tuesday space to start off the Fuck the FUD daily weekday spaces. And um, appreciate everyone who came through. You know the vibes. Fuck the FUD. We keep it moving. Web3 Music is the future. Human connection. We're turning up this Tuesday. It's uh, blessings to all of y'all. It's peace and it's love. See y'all tomorrow. Motherfuckers screaming out loud Looking for mercy Before they find themselves Working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first Come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of trash Is under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and plate Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless Trying to make a living Southern friendship bracelets Dead ants dragging out the max amount of payment Red down days, got them acting all bankless Yo fam, what? Check these token knocks They probing this bear, flexing broken knives I had to lay my soul down, I'm just roasting knives And then to end a long day, 11 bowls of chronic Never known the politic, I was born to frolic It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom Over the impossible loss, it's all moss And I'm liking the odds, fondue in the morning Forming mycological bonds Flick the cap, yo, the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served
trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace stacked in non-toxic just to get a better place smacking on the hostage like the shit is play for keeps clowns white knight and all these maybellines they call it implausible when model after model keeps on ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats tearing apart your communitility all these low-hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity got a planet in reach coming standard to each i'm on the back 10 stargazing after the siege commanding all the management to grab a few seats and then we're rounded the beast and send a messenger east y'all better sign a release when i'm bumping these beats hands up if i got motherfuckers drumming the streets yo we got a few dubs we got a couple defeats and if you're coming for the king you better have some of each motherfuckers fuckers screaming out loud looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in jersey what could be worse misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality stuck in the verbs i'll be numbing up first before discovering what works and we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt we rape and plunder the earth say and wonder about the worth and play ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Tim Spaces <laughs>